Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. To bar down talking hockey episode number 44 presented by the barroom network my name is vinnie parisi and i can't stand when the weather's in single digit degrees and this right here this is frankie mueller and he loves salmon sandwiches and this right here this is joey parisi and he did a great job doing that open all by himself right Bros, how we doing great intro yeah, phenomenal phenomenal uh <laughs> That was good. My heart's heart's going already. I had to. I had a lot of responsibility. I just jumped right into, huh? Yeah. How, how'd that feel? It felt good. I mean, I, I hit like three buttons, and then we're we're good to go. Yeah. So I gotta ask. You I, guys, I, I missed the red memo, didn't his I? His hands shaking. Yeah, he's like, oh, I forgot. A, I forgot a bev and everything. I got nothing to sit by. Oh boy. Well, too bad for you. Sucks for you. I gotta ask you guys something. I think we all like winter. It's a fine. It's a fine season. You know, it's it's better to be perfect temperature than hot, I would say. But when it's this cold, I mean, you, you there's no way you like it, right? Well, I went outside today. It wasn't as cold as I thought it'd be, at least in the sun. Like, there's no wind, which is nice. Because I was like, oh, people are overreacting. I think tonight it'll be a lot worse. Well, last night I stepped outside for half a second just to, like, see how cold it was. And it, I looked on my phone. It was, like, negative two. And it was freaking cold. Right now it's nine. Here in the northwest oh, that, suburbs a, of Chicago, a, a brisk summer day. I, I kind of <laughs> want to go for a swim. If we're being compared to yesterday, uh, nine. Let's go for a swim. Let's crack a high noon on the beach. Oh, I wear shorts all the time. You know, we're 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 a big shorts guy podcast. The audience <laughs> is taking note, my man. The audience is taking note of the hat. I was very rushed coming into this. My account wasn't working. I wasn't able to log in. My Google signed out. It was just a mess. Log like right when I flipped open the computer, a bunch of bad stuff happened. I actually was gonna put on a different hat. So now I'm gonna go grab a different hat. I'm gonna let Vinny ramble for a second. I'm gonna grab a different hat. I'll show you. you. I'll show you. Frank, while Joey rambles on for or while Joey goes and gets his hat and he wants me to ramble on, which those who know, VP has no problem rambling on for as long as needed. Frank, name something about summer that you really like while people are in it enjoying this single digit day what's something that you're looking forward to in the summer in terms of like the weather or maybe it's your outstanding bags tournament that gets a lot of love on this show what are you excited for when the weather is warm my man well besides the bags tournament because yeah i honestly think i think that has to be like yeah you gotta like almost say besides the bags tournament i I yeah i'm at what? I'm the early favorite to win that. I saw ESPN just posted it the other day. I'm like the early favorite. I'm minus you, 220 to win. You and your partner are a joke. Let Frankie talk. Um, besides that, I mean, I always look forward to swimming because we own a pool. Um, and something else that I think is a little underrated is I'm not a big fan of like the heat. 
to where I'm like dying of sweat, you know, and my, my shirt's all sweaty and drippy, but I do like like late at night. Um, I don't have that problem. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do like late at night when we're sitting under the gazebo and just talking and it's not as hot because now the sun's gone down and you can like just sit and talk with your buddies and just, you know, have a couple drinks if you want to have a couple drinks or something. I, to me, just being able to go outside and sit out there comfortably when it's not miserable, uh, it's kind of nice. I agree. I, and, you know, I think actually, you know, speaking of Tom in the chat who, who likes roasting my hat, uh, right, one night that so. stuck out, we were when we were at his house and sitting uh, around that fireplace last year. Um, that those are the summer days that you just love. You're hanging out with good people and enjoying the weather. You, you need an off guy, though. Every group needs an off guy. Luckily, I, luckily you guys are blessed with me. I oh, always yeah. have the can of off. I got the deep yep. woods. Give me the 90% deet or whatever. 100% uh-huh. deet. They do sell 100% uh, deet on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, there ain't no mosquitoes coming toward us when I'm around. So no, That's my only don't. downfall to the summer is the mosquitoes, but I take Absolutely. care of Absolutely. So, guys, one thing that doesn't exist in summer is hockey. You want to talk some hockey? Yeah. Th- thank you, Frank, for being the only one paying attention <laughs> I, on this. Show. I was, I was, I have a lot of responsibility. I was trying to get my period one thing ready. I wasn't. I don't want to be caught off guard, you know. So, you're all welcome. right. Well, are you ready to send it over to period number one? That's a yes or no question. I think we should have Frankie send it to period number one. He seems happy today. He's got a smile on his face, feeling good. Do it, Frankie, Frankie, Frankie. Well, without further ado, let's send it over to period number one. It felt kind of good. It yeah, does feel good, doesn't it? To send it right over to the next period, it feels good. Yeah. I'll, let you, I'll let you send it to period Frankie's got all the control. That. Frankie's got control. He could send it to period right too, and I have no choice but to click it. I, this is like, yeah. <laughs> Frank, Frank, I'll give you the signal on when to send it to period two. I know you like right. that. And you could do it for period three too. This is the Frankie Mueller oh, show. Look at him. Right. He's cheating. Look at him. Look at him but before before we make it the game, the Frankie Mueller show today, Joseph, <laughs> me and you kind of have a bond over a certain player in the NHL. I would include our pal Dylan in this. The title of period number one that I wrote, you want to say it with me on the count of three? One, sure. two, Three. Sonk! Keith Yandel, the Sonk man himself, breaks Doug Jarvis's record of consecutive games played in the National Hockey League. Joseph, your reaction to Sonk? I saw it on Twitter yesterday. I, did, I, I knew it was approaching, and obviously I know Phil Kessel's, you know, kind of right there in the rear view as well. Yeah. Um, when I, I, I tweeted about this yesterday. I think you, you liked the tweet. I did um, like the tweet because it was a good liked tweet. The tweet. I remember when Doug Jarvis was the assistant coach of the Bruins, probably like five years ago, five or six years ago. Um, specifically, they started talking about it. He took a puck to the ear on the bench. <laughs> and then they got Jack Edwards and Andy Brickley got into the, this conversation of Doug Jarvis having the longest active Ironman streak and a puck to the ear. He was literally bleeding on the bench. And they were joking around how, like, that's not going to keep him out from assistant coaching, let alone playing 965 games in the NHL in that era that he played in. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, like, that's incredible. That record might never be broken because at the time, no one was really even close. This was a long time ago. So you figure many years, 82 games a season, like Keith Yandel was still a ways away. And I legit thought that no one would ever break that record because the way that players are today, the, how much 
more body demanding the game can be in today's NHL, how much more fast paced it is. And here we are. We got two guys who probably are going to pass him. One who already did, or at least tied him. Did he tie him or pass? No, him? he broke it yesterday. He, he broke, broke it yesterday. yesterday. So yeah, and then the fact that he's keep going to keep going. Like I guess I was wrong. R- records are meant to be broken, and I'm so happy Keith Yandel was the guy to do it. Yeah, I I'm really excited about it. I remember when Steven Stamkos broke his leg against the Bruins and Brickley and. Uh, Jack Edwards were like, yeah, very rarely does anybody have a Doug Javis-like career, you know, saying it with their Boston accents. And it, it really made me, like, think, like, this Doug Jarvis guy, 965 games played in a row. Guys will miss a game sometimes if they have a hangnail. And, you know, here's Keith Yandel, sonk, just sonking his way through 966 games in a row. And let me tell you something about Phil Kessel. And then, Frank, you can get your reaction to both of them. I hope Joey didn't jinx Phil Kessel by bringing up that he's only like 20 games away, even though like lots of people you jinxed him last night. Everybody's jinxing. Everybody's jinxing Phil Kessel. You put the name or the list of players, like the top five most consecutive games played Patrick Marlowe, poor Patrick Marlowe at like nine Oh five. Got that ruined. Like that's tough to be like 60 games away and get it ruined. I'm excited for Phil Kessel. I remember when Phil Kessel was traded from the Toronto Maple Leafs to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Steve Dangle made his video, like, reacting to it, screaming all over the place. And he said something about, like, one thing you can rely on from Phil Kessel is, you know, his availability. He hasn't missed a single game since recovering from shoulder surgery. And then he goes real slowly, in 2009. And 2009 was like kind of far removed from that point in time when Phil Kessel was traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2016. And here we are in 2021, and he still hasn't missed a game since recovering from soldier surgery. Keith Yandel makes a little more sense. He's a smooth skating defenseman, but Fat Phil missing all or playing in all those games. I think it's remarkable. I'm so happy for both of them. I hope Phil does end up breaking it. Frank, your thoughts? Yeah, I just think it's incredible what Kessel and Yandel have done. Um, something like this may never happen again. He's 35 games away from playing in 1,000 consecutive games. There are 39 regular season games left. He could potentially, um, he could potentially reach the thousand game mark, which he probably will. But the thing that makes it to me the most fascinating is that he's doing it currently in a COVID era. You could miss games now because of COVID. Think about all the years that the Flyers were in the the playoffs to it, and he wasn't a healthy scratch at the end of the season because they wanted to save him for the postseason. So things like that taken into consideration. I mean, think about also all the people who've missed the season this year because of COVID. All those streaks are done. They all have to start over now. So something like this may never, ever happen again. I don't think there will ever be another Kessel and Yandel as far as the Ironman streak goes. So I think everybody right now has to take uh, take in what they're seeing and really cherish it for the moments coming because it's not going to last forever, obviously. Um, so it's just truly mar- remarkable that they're doing it in the modern day era. You know, Frankie just made me. I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of that. How has Keith Yandel <laughs> not been in protocol once? Oh, if I'm Phil Castle, I'm not leaving. And yeah. I'm playing just, with a mask. Yeah, yeah, literally, literally. <laughs> you know it had to go through his head like, oh, shit, is this the Iron Man streak going to end now, like when COVID started? Like it had to be a thought in his head. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, every player, name a player. They've missed a game because of COVID protocol, even if it was just precautionary, like they might have tested positive. 
I, I think every player on the Jack Hughes, Nico Ishir, Ty Smith, name every prominent player on the Devils. They missed a game at least because especially Patrick Kane, asymptomatic players were being tested and still could have been out. It's maybe maybe guys like Phil Kessel and um, Keith Yandel are just such badasses that they walk into the room and they're like, "I'm not fucking testing." You can go fuck yourself. Yeah, maybe they. I, I, I mean, think about it. Yeah, like, yo, uh, Kevin Hayes, l- let me get a swab of your spit. Or if you're Keith, that's Keith Yano. If you're Phil Kessel, like, hey, Keller, let me get some of that spit of yours. Yeah. And guys, I, this is a little unrelated, but Matt Nagy's watching our show right now. I saw that. He's got, <laughs> stuff, he's got some I mean, stuff to say. Like. He's, he's mad as fuck. We're over here talking about Keith Yandel and Phil Kessel. And Matt Nagy's in the comments just throwing shade. You are not better than Caldwell. If Obviously, this is not actually Matt Nagy. But if it is actually Matt Nagy. Matt oh, Nagy. That's actually conclusions. If that's actually Matt Nagy, you are the worst coach. You're the second worst <laughs> coach in Chicago Bears history. Okay? The only coach worse than you, Matt was Mark Tressman. So get the hell out of my show. I don't want you watching it. The Philadelphia Flyers, who are the team that Keith Yandel plays for while breaking this outstanding all-time record, they stink. They are so bad. 13 losses in a row for the Philadelphia Flyers. Zach Parisi, my guy. Gave the New York Islanders the 4-3 to victory yesterday with the GWG. Frank, what the fuck is wrong with the Flyers? Yeah, I think uh, their last win was actually January 29th against the Seattle Kraken, which is like everybody. Wait, wait, wait. Kraken. December 29th? January. Oh, yeah, December 29th. December 29th against the Seattle January Kraken. January 29th is three days away. Yeah, I know. We're um, sushi that day, boys. <laughs> Yeah, good point. Um, I think that, well, the first of all, the Flyers stated that Mike Yo will remain the coach for the remainder of the season. Why not um, at this point? Huh? Why not at this point? Yeah, I mean, they only have 30, what, nine games left in the regular season. But as soon as the season ends, I would just start tearing down walls, get rid of Yo. They need to just completely start fresh. I mean, they don't have a very deep team as it is. You got uh, Claude Drew and Atkinson. That that's it, and then after that, there's like a huge drop off in talent. Like if you if you look at how JVR has been producing this year, and the rest of the guys that are producing this year that aren't named Giroux or Atkinson, there is a huge drop off. They, I mean, something needs to change quickly. I absolutely think uh, the injury and obviously the unfortunate passing of his brother really affected Kevin Hayes this season. I think the Flyers probably win a game or two more. I don't know if it gets to 13 if Kevin Hayes, he was their best player last year. And I, I do like Ivan Provorov. Those to me are their four best players. The two Frankie named Provorov and Kevin Hayes. I would trade them all. I, I mean, you, you have to, you have to start fresh people that think that Johnny hockey is going to leave Calgary and go play for the Philadelphia Flyers. I don't know what to tell those people. There's no way. I think the devils are actually positioned way better to land Johnny hockey over the Philadelphia Flyers because they have a bright future. They kind of stink right now, but they ain't losing 13 in a row anytime soon. I'll tell you that much. So, Joe, Flyers, I know you probably think it's kind of funny. Yeah, we talked about the Flyers a little bit. Um, Sorry. You talked about it it last Um, week. The reason we're bringing it up again is because they haven't won since our last show. Most NHL teams win at least once in between our shows. 
Yeah, so I agree with everything that we said last week that I think it's time for the Flyers to kind of start a rebuild, like a full-on fire sale re rebuild, because they do have valuable assets on this team that they would be able to start a, a pretty, you know, they'd be, have a good starting point for a full-on rebuild. I truthfully believe that. Two um, outstanding drafts, too, coming up here. Two, yeah, exactly. Two, like, there's first-round talent bleeding into the second mm -hmm. round in this and, year's draft and next year's draft, unlike last have, year's draft. And they have talent on their team that cup contenders would be willing to give first round picks for. I, I believe that. You um, think Giroux would help a team like Colorado? Yeah, or even like Kevin Hayes or something. Imagine yeah. Kevin Hayes in Boston playing with Brad Marchand. Um, what I wanted to say though, in their past seven games, and I only dug, I only went back seven games. I know they're, I don't, I don't have time to go back the whole thing, but in the past seven games, they um they've held a lead in four of those games. Like, you saw yesterday they were winning at one point. The game before, not the game before, they got shit on by Dallas. But even against Buffalo, they had a goal lead uh, in that game. They ended up losing 6-3. to three. So they've had leads in games. They just can't hang on to leads. And it's it's kind of funny. You're right. I do think it's a little funny. <laughs> on the other side of the great state of Pennsylvania, raise your hand if you visited Pennsylvania before. I think. Yeah. Uh, Frank, you weren't with us? No. Why did I think he was... Frankie was... Because he was Frank, with us in Missouri when we went to St. Louis. You didn't go to Pennsylvania with us? Well, keep that smile on your face then, because it's an or that frown on your face then, because it's an awesome state to visit. And we visited the great state of Pittsburgh, which is on the exact opposite side of the great state of Pennsylvania that I love so much. And those Pittsburgh Penguins, my Pittsburgh Penguins. Everybody knows I like the Penguins when they play in the Devils. I root for the Penguins oh, and the Bruins too. But I like the Penguins. They've won six in a row. Evgeny Malkin looks like the old Evgeny Malkin. He's putting up, he's scoring goals. He's putting up assists. Sidney Crosby has 34 points in 30 games played. Jake Gensel is one of the league's best goal scorers now. Tristan Jari, outside of one little tough game against the Ottawa Senators last week, that they still won. I like this team, guys. And they're they're looking like a team that is really now starting to threaten to win the Metropolitan Division. When we used to say that they'd be lucky to squeeze in as a wild card, they could win the Metro. I think their success is more sustain sustainable than the Rangers. And I like their team just as much as I like the Capitals team. They could win the Cup. It wouldn't surprise me. They are awesome. Joe, I'll start with you on this one. When are the Penguins finally going to suck? Well, I I think they're fucking they're red hot, and but they're a great team. Don't get me wrong, and I and I agree that they, they are going to push to win that Metropolitan. But I was just looking at the standings. I actually still think that this is Carolina's division to win. Uh, Carolina is Carolina is fucking. They're too good. They have the games at hand. They are one point behind Pittsburgh with three games at hand. And I've just seen Carolina beat up on some fucking brutal teams this year, um, except so the Devils. Except the Devils. The Devils put up a touchdown and the extra point against them. That's um, weird, man. Yeah. It's weird. Hockey's a weird And they scene. held what they hold they hold they held Carolina to a field goal. That's just a great game. <laughs> I think four. Oh, they got four. Yeah. Two safeties. Two safeties. Yeah. Two safeties. Um, if the uh, Devils were a football team, they'd lose a game on a safety. There's no doubt in my mind. But with that being said, I think this and I, this is the team that I'm still high on. They've they're still impressing me every day. Chris Kreider's fucking he's he's not cooling down. I, I was just telling someone the other day we were looking at the goal leaders and it was Ovi then Chris Kreider at 29. And I was like, yeah, but I don't necessarily like Chris Kreider's got a five goal game. He's got a hat trick. There's eight goals right there. I don't think he's gonna finish the the season up in near Ovechkin and some of these other goal scorers. But he just keeps fucking scoring. He scored. He's 
it's not like he's just scoring in bunches. He'll get a goal every other game. So maybe he will finish with like 40 to 50 goals. Who knows? But Chris Kreider's having an unbelievable season. With that being said, I think we're set up to have one of those awesome playoff series between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Rangers. And that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I'm rooting for Carolina to win that division just so we get that playoff series because we've seen it in the past. We've seen how good it is. I remember there was one year you were rooting for Pittsburgh and I was rooting for the Rangers. And it was just a fun playoff series. So that's what I want again because both of these teams are exciting to watch. Joe, Chris Kreider, Massachusetts leading scorer in the NHL for the year 2021 or the season 2021-22. Is Massachusetts your first or second favorite state? First. Yeah, okay, that's banana lands. Frank, the <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguins, six in a row. Your thoughts on them, my man? Yeah, just like we said, when Malkin came back, this team was going to be even hotter than they already were, and sure as shit, he's got nine points in eight games. Gino, Gino! Three goals, six assists, but not focusing on the offense solely by themselves. Let's take a look at the goaltending aspect. Tristan Jari's been absolutely outstanding, and he himself could lead the Pittsburgh Penguins to a, a Metropolitan, Metropolitan Division Championship. Um, he's 23-7-4. He's got a uh, 212 goals against average. I mean, this guy's just having an absolutely outstanding year. I mean, teams have showed that they could score on him. Um, he gave up three, was it yesterday or maybe the night before? But they have the offense to outscore their opponents too. So even when he's not having the best of nights, the offense picks it up. And that's just been a recipe for success. And they are my pick to win the Metropolitan Division. And guys, Another- the, the thing that Pittsburgh has, he's not going to win the Norris Trophy, but he's no, going to be top he five. He he's going to be top five. I honestly think if the season ended today, it's a two-horse race between Kale McCarr and Adam Fox. I think Ro- I think Roman Yossi and John Carlson come in fourth and fifth. I think Aaron Ekblad and Charlie McAvoy are also in the mix. But Christopher Letang is making a run, and he has been sensational. Joe, I didn't mean to steal your thunder. I planned on saying it. You know I'm a Letang guy. I'm a Penguins guy, but I'll let you talk about Letang. Go for it. Yeah, uh, going into this year, Vin, you and I, we we gave our you know predictions. I said the Penguins weren't going to be that good because Chris Letang was so good last year, and I didn't think he was going to have as good of a year last year, this year, as good of a year as he had last year, this year. But here we are, the calendar year 2022, and this guy, since the new year, which I like using that as a sample size because there was a long break in between the end of 2021. We had like a two-week COVID-slash-Christmas break. So I, I like looking at the, the calendar year of 2022 as a, a fresh start for a lot of players. And Chris Letang has 17 points in 12 games since the calendar year. So he is red hot and he's a big reason why the Pittsburgh Penguins are on this win streak. Don't ask me why I remember this, but the Norris Trophy finalists in 2013, the year I graduated high school, it was the short season. The Norris Trophy finalists were P.K. Subban, Ryan Suter, and Christopher Letang. Nine years later, P.K. Subban, depth defenseman on the Devils. Pretty good depth defenseman on the Devils. Ryan Suter, depth defenseman on the Dallas Stars. Pretty good, but a depth defenseman on a pretty good team. Christopher Letang's in the Norris Trophy conversation. I don't think he's going to win it, but if he came in third, I'd be 0% surprised. The Pittsburgh Penguins are lucky to have him. He might go to the Hall of Fame. 58 is for sure getting retired. Three cups, 
Stanley Cup set up the Stanley Cup game winning goal against the San Jose Sharks in 2016. I mean, just all time core defenseman for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I would put him as the best defenseman. Lemieux and Yager won a couple cups together. Did they have a defenseman as good as Christopher Latang was for Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin? I'm saying no. That's a question for uh, for someone else. I honestly have someone no idea. who cared <laughs> someone who cared about hockey in the 90s. Last night. Drake Batherson took an unfortunate hit to the shoulder from without the puck from goaltender Aaron Dell of the it's the San Jose Sharks, right? And no, uh, he was on it was Buffalo or hey, Buffalo, yeah. Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. He used, to, he used to be. He used to be. On uh, that, that's why I had a brain fart right there. Joe, you know how you couldn't think of Sammy's name earlier? That was the type of brain fart right there. Whose name? Or Bobby, 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 Bobby. Lashley. Frank, you Bobby know Bobby Lashley. Lashley. Hey, Bobby, why were you talking about him? We'll talk about that a little later. Uh-oh. Aaron Dell hit Drake Batherson. He went into the boards and basically slammed his knee or his ankle, and it looked like it might have broke or sprained or whatever. It did come out literally seconds before we went live on this show that Brady Kachuk is going to be his replacement in the All-Star game because Drake Batherson, my guys, has 33 points in 30 games going into last night's game. And he's just been a sensational defenseman this year, one of the best in the NHL. This guy might get Norris top 10 Norris Trophy votes. We'll see how that ends up going. But if he doesn't finish the season, then it's hard to see. But as of right now, he's a top 10 Norris guy. And Aaron Dell just had this disgusting hit on him. And I think it deserves supplemental discipline. Maybe not suspension, but he at minimum deserves a fine. Because in his career, he's destroyed Mark Stone and he's destroyed Sam Bennett. He's been a violent goalie in the NHL up to this point. So, Frank, I'd like to hear your thoughts. This is Aaron Dell? Um, yeah. Well, first off, I think that it was a very dangerous play. And if you look at the video for people who didn't watch it, if you watch the video, as soon as uh, Drake Batherson's going towards uh, behind Dell, Dell's got this, like, he's looking at him. He knows what he's going to do. This is premeditated. He knows in his head, all right, as soon as he comes by, I'm going to give him a shrug. You see it right there. He watched him the whole way. Um, completely dirty hit. He's a scumbag. Um, and because now he's out long-term and will miss the All-Star game, I think this deserves suspension just for the fact that I know it was premeditated. If he wasn't looking at him and kind of like did it, like he still knew he was coming and he kind of did it, yeah, I mean – even though I still think it would have been intentional. But the fact that he was, like, staring him down the whole way, he needs to face suspension. Joe, I know you like seeing players in the NHL getting hurt, and you're about to defend Aaron Dell here, so go for it. I'm not the def- – first of all, is, can you hear the sound? I didn't know the sound would be playing that. No, way. not anymore. Oh. You did a good job fixing it. Um. Okay, it's an interference, a blatant interference call. I don't know if it deserves suspension, though. There, there was nothing – it's unfortunate the guy got hurt, yes. But I mean, that's just a result of him going into the boards. Like he played, he he should have been called for an interference. He interfered with the guy who didn't have the puck. And yeah, it it sucks that it's coming from the goalie. Um, but I mean, I don't think it, it's it's worth anything of a suspension because if the guy doesn't get hurt, no one even thinks twice about it. So I mean, make me big. <laughs> make me big right now. Fine him, suspend him. I'm sick and tired of this bullshit. I'm sick and tired of good players in the National Hockey League getting hurt because of stupidity. He didn't have the puck. The goalie shouldn't be hitting people. The forward shouldn't 
need to worry about getting hit by a goalie. It should not be in there. It is not how you play hockey. It is not the job of the goalie to take matters into his own hands. It's not the job of the goalie to forecheck. It's not the job of the goalie to backcheck. And it certainly ain't the job of the goalie to hit people who are pursuing the puck. It's his job to stop the puck and keep it out of the net. It's a bullshit play. It's a Bush League play. And now a great player is going to miss a significant amount of time because of it. Aaron Dell's an asshole. He deserves to miss a couple games. And he deserves to have it hit his wallet a little bit. I'm sick and tired of good players getting hurt because of bullshit. And I know. It's not because of Jake Batherson being a good player. If that happened to Jack Hughes, I'd be furious. But if it happened to Michael McLeod or Nathan Baskin, I'd also be furious. Because it's not cool that these players are going down. It's not going to stop unless you give these guys some discipline. So, as a result, I would give them supplementary discipline. I, I agree completely. I don't want to make it sound like I'm defending Aaron Dell. I, I agree completely that that shit should not be in the game. But I just feel like a suspension for something like that is... is is a little much like don't do it i, know, I yeah, get but that, I think because how... he was injured too that's another thing that i hate about the nhl into, that has to be taken into consideration though the, well that's another thing i hate about the nhl is that they they give discipline based off of the result of the play yeah i hate that too to be i honest. can't stand that do, do police officers or law enforcement take things less seriously if the victim got lucky and didn't die that shouldn't be the case because what if they die next time? What if they get hurt next time? It's the same thing for me with hockey to a much lesser degree, obviously, sports. But, like, you get what I'm saying with the analogy. I get what you're saying 100%. Um, I'll show you an example here once I find it. But um, when a player does something and the result of it is, you know, heightened because there's an injury on the play is what I'm saying. That that's what needs to change in the NHL. And we've seen it time after time. If a player gets a boarding penalty, I'll show you an example right here of a boarding penalty when I'm done talking. Um, if a player gets a boarding penalty and he gets hurt, you can expect discipline, a major and all that. But if he gets a boarding penalty, it could be the same exact play and he gets up and he's fine. They don't do shit about it. And that's wrong. You should, it shouldn't be wait for something bad to happen to punish a guy. It should be take action right there, and I'll show you an example here. The NHL is not going to stop having some of these bad injuries to great players unless they do something about it. That's my. That's what I'm saying. Like, if he gets fined like five thousand dollars, I'll be like, "Well, I could do it again. It's only going to cost me five grand." And it's going to and it's going to come out of my paycheck. That's you know thirty grand a paycheck. Yeah. He goes, so I'm just going to do it again. I was having a bad day. Let me just do it again. It's not going to stop them. He hit Mark Stone. And Sam yeah. Bennett, back when Sam Bennett was on Calgary. And Mark that's Stone another was reason on Vegas. why I think he should face suspension, because he has a history. Yes. Maybe if this was his first time, but how many times are you going to give the guy a break? Yeah, He's, he's going to hurt somebody else. And he's on the Buffalo Sabres, meaning it could be against the Boston Bruins at any point in time because they're in the same division. That would suck, wouldn't it? <clears throat> yeah. Um, do you want me to show that clip? It's, yeah. it's kind of unrelated to Aaron Dell. Go ahead. But it's, can... it's just my example of uh... – Go ahead. Um, so this happened on Monday, actually, in the Boston Bruins game. And you're going to think I'm crazy for going a, a kind of against the Bruins here. But this is one of those plays where I'm saying, like, it's it's bullshit that they only call this stuff when a player gets hurt. You see Oscar Steen here. He's going into the boards. No pivot. Clear push on the numbers right into the boards. Okay. What happens? They call the 
five minute major. They re- the player did not get hurt, mind you. He gets up right away and nothing. They call the five minute major. They review it and then they lower it to a two minute minor penalty because the player wasn't hurt. That's essentially what happened. Um, if that player stays there lying on the ice and they call out a stretcher, Oscar Steen gets probably a two game suspension, the five minute major in that that game. Like that fucking sucks for Oscar Steen. That shouldn't happen as a result of the player's injury. So it's one of those things where on that Aaron Dell hit, if the player doesn't get hurt, did we even ever see that highlight? Was Oscar Steen's hit dirty in your opinion? Yes, it was. Okay, good. Thank you. It was an yes. incredibly dirty hit. Exactly. If it was a youth, if it was a youth hockey player's jersey, the stop sign would have been showing. You know how the yes. youth jerseys have the stop sign on the back, mm-hmm. and if you could see it, you're not allowed to hit them. Like you're only allowed to hit players if you can't see the stop sign. You would have yeah. been able to see the stop sign fully, no issue yes. whatsoever. So, um, the player uh, Deloria, I think it was, gets right up. Nothing happened. So it's one of those things where. You can look at it from both perspectives. The only reason I bring that up is because back to the Arundel hit, we're not even talking about it if the player doesn't get hurt. It's a fair point. I don't disagree. Arundel's an asshole. And speaking of assholes, the New York Rangers were playing a game against the Los Angeles Kings earlier in the week. And they went to a shootout, tied 2-2. Two to two. And the number two overall pick in the 2020 NHL draft, Quinton Byfield, has had a little bit of a struggle getting to the NHL because of injury. He's been a little injured. He finally made it to the AHL, got a little injured there. Then he missed most of the start of this year, and he finally came back. He's a good player. He's going to be a good player. He was a number two overall pick for a reason. Well, he goes in the shootout, and he scores. Well, Lafreniere, who went one pick ahead of him as the number one overall pick in the 2020 NHL draft, also scored. And while he's skating past... The Los Angeles Kings bench, he's going like the number one sign at the bench. Like, I went number one and you went number two. Listen to me, Alexis Lafreniere. You suck. You have been the worst number one overall pick since Nail Yakupov. Okay? Because, like, even though Nico Hishir is not necessarily like a super duper star, he had 50 points in his rookie year. Point to me when Lafreniere has a 50-point season. It ain't coming anytime soon, okay? And he shares on pace for another 60-point season right now. Not a super-duper star, but a really good player. Lafreniere hasn't even been a really good player at all. And he's pointing his number one finger at the Los Angeles Kings. Get out of here, Alexis Lafreniere, you bum. Ryan Graves is a defensive defenseman, and he has more points than Lafreniere. I don't want to see Lafreniere being cocky. It's not like the time Patrick Mahomes counted to 10 against the Chicago Bears because they passed on him in favor of Mitchell Trubisky. Patrick Mahomes is an MVP super-duper trooper star. Lafreniere stinks. I hate that. Joe, I know you kind of agreed with me on that. Yeah, I agree with you 110%. And I actually didn't see it. So I'm actually, I'm trying to pull it up now. Frank, have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. I did not see it. Um, I got a video of the shootout. This is Rangers versus the Kings from like a day ago, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, That I mean, that's a crazy move. It's not like Lafreniere is over here like you know, pushing for one of the, the best up-and-coming players. Like, like he's good. He's He's a very good young talent, but like he hasn't done anything to, to go into uh, Byfield's face and, and you know gloat that he was picked ahead of him. This is That's something like Austin Matthews does. He gets in a battle with Kane going like that. Austin Matthews has earned that right 
to, to do some of those antics. Lafreniere hasn't done shit. So uh, Lafreniere has like nine career goals. Yeah. Get out of here, Alexis Lafreniere. Yeah, I just thought it was stupid. Yeah, exactly. So this is uh, his shootout. So you're saying he scores, and then what? He goes to the bench. Nice move. He's supremely skilled. Yep, there he is, number one overall. Yep. What a clown! <laughs> what a clown! It's funny. There's no doubt. It's funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's really funny. There, uh, things could be funny and asshole. Like, how many times do people you despise do funny shit that you laugh at? Like, he, he's one of them. I felt like it could have been more funny though. He yeah, yeah. yeah. A, like, a player was, worthy was like of a... doing that. A like, player I worthy thought... of doing that would have been funnier. No, but even if he wasn't, let's say like Byfield scores and like Byfield was like celebrating and being like a dick about everything. Like, oh yeah, I'm about to win it. But literally Byfield scores and just smugly just goes over to his team and just like congratulates him. That just be like, hey, yeah, I scored. But if Byfield would have done something funny and then like Lafreniere scored and he was like, then he went like that, just like because Byfield was being a dick, it would have made it that more funny. But I didn't even like think this was that funny at all. I just thought it was stupid. Yeah, it was dumb. Lafreniere's an idiot. The Rangers are stupid. You know who's not stupid, guys? The Colorado Avalanche are slowly becoming that team. They got off to a little bit of a rough start. I think Mr. McKinnon had a little bit of an injury early on in the season. I know Landis got missed some time. Kale McCarr and Miko Rantanen have been two sick players in the NHL so far this season, and McKinnon's going. I think McKinnon and Rantanen, Joe, what did we come to find? That they're the second and third leading scorer in the NHL since the calendar year flipped to 2022. The only player that has more is one of those a-hole New York Rangers, Chris Kreider. The Avalanche are coming. Points. They are both tied at 19 for third place, right behind Huberdeau at 20 and Pavelski at 21, who we'll get into later. Yep. So, what do you think of the Colorado Avalanche, Joseph? Um, I'm looking now, and, and this sucks because, you know, my Boston Bruins, they make their way into Colorado tonight. Uh, I haven't seen them play in that building uh, in years. I can literally say years. It's been over a year now. Um, well, how, how long is it? I believe I'm counting 16 consecutive wins at home for the Colorado Avalanche. Um, all good streaks are meant to be broken. Uh, hopefully, I, I'm saying that tonight after the Bruins win. But, I mean, that is a hopeful thinking for a red-hot Colorado Avalanche team who just – about has everything going for them right now. They got Kale McCarr on the back end. Miko Ranson, Vin, you said he might be better than Nathan McKinnon. Uh, he's definitely got his ups, and he's got a skill asset that McKinnon doesn't have, and McKinnon has many skills that he doesn't have. McKill, McKinnon makes people better around pe- people better around him in a way that like five players in the NHL can. So I do think McKinnon's a better player. Yeah, but. Rantanen could be more productive offensively in any given year. You want to know what McKinnon does, though, that not a lot of people think about? I'm looking right now. with his skating. I'm looking right now, and in this calendar year, Nathan McKinnon leads the league in shots on goal at 71 shots. In second place is Patrice Bergeron at 58. Miko Rantanen is down at seventh, sits at 48. So Nathan McKinnon... He generates offense just by shooting the puck. Yeah, he might not be getting all the goals, but he is scoring a lot as of late. Um, Miko Rantanen might be the better goal scorer, but a lot of the offense comes from the, the stuff that Nathan McKinnon is able to do in that offensive zone. And then, uh, Frank, you saw against the the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, their goalie. That, this is their backup goalie, technically. Uh, 
Francois, is that how you say his name? Francois. Francois, I think. Didn't we talk about this last season, how to say his name? Yeah. I can never remember. Um, second consecutive shutout, and this dude's playing out of his mind. So now they're getting goaltending from everywhere. So, I mean, this Colorado Avalanche team is is a force to be reckoned with in the Western Conference. Can you think of a player on the Colorado Avalanche that might benefit from Nathan McKinnon taking all these shots and creating rebounds? A player who's – no, there's a better option. A guy who's just so mean and big and grimy that he'll go stand right in front of the net and tip some of these well, pucks. it certainly and... helps on the power play from uh, Nazem Kadri. Okay, he's who I was Nazem... thinking of. And then, of course, I was thinking of Landeskog as well. Landeskog, yeah, Landeskog. He, he goes right to the front of the net and he'll bank in rebounds from McKinnon, 71 shots in the calendar year. Like, he's sick. Another guy who's benefited, uh, Andre Burakovsky, has been, you know, a notable player for the Colorado Avalanche. So, I mean, they seem to be firing on all cylinders. Absolutely. Frank, Colorado Avalanche analysis. Uh, actually, I think they're the best team in the NHL right now, and it's not even close. I think they're better than the Panthers. I think they're better than the Lightning. I think they're better than the Hurricanes. They're Right now, they're two points out of the top place in the league for the President's Trophy. Um, they're two points behind the Panthers, and they're tied with the Lightning, but they have two games in hand on both. Um, and I got to witness them with my own two eyes the other night against the Chicago Blackhawks, and they are quick. They are they get to the pucks like quicker than anyone. I mean, they're, the way they play this game is just insane. They're on a hot win streak as home at home, as Joey mentioned. So the bees got a tough one tonight. Um, I mean, it's just it's crazy what this team is doing, and I think that. Last week on the podcast, I said the Knights might be the favorite to come out of the West, but I might be leaning towards the Avalanche. Shout out to Marc-Andre Fleury for that game only ending at 2 nothing, because the Hawks looked like a joke compared to the Avalanche, because they are a joke compared to the Avalanche, and they are coming. I agree with Frankie. They might be the best team in the league. I'm still sticking with my Florida Panthers. I can't back off that now. You know, even if they come in second or third in the league in the standings, they were my prediction before Frankie even joined the podcast. I think I said it over the summer, and Joey was like, no. And I was like, yes. And then Joey was like, no. And I was like, if I was drafting a team from scratch, I would take Barkov fifth overall, not even close. And then Joey and Frankie were like, no. And I was like, yes. And then you look at the statistics, and it's pretty clear that Barkov is one of the five best young under-25 players in the NHL – or not, under-28 players in the NHL that you would, like, build a franchise around. So – but – even with that, McKinnon's higher than Barkov on that list. And the Avalanche are so sweet. And you know yeah. who else is pretty sweet? They're not as sweet as the well, Avalanche. Another thing I – wait, real quick. Another thing I just wanted to say is uh, the Avalanche are currently on a seven-game win streak. I think it was six going into that Hawks game. They play the Hawks, the Bruins, and then the Hawks again in Chicago on Friday night. So we got – got seventeen, seven-game win streak in total. Oh. It The Avalanche. Oh, Total. Okay. Total. Yeah, yeah. They're like a sixteen-game home win streak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that it goes Hawks, Bruins, Hawks, you and I as a team, we have three games to end this streak. <laughs> no gotta, shot. We gotta do it, Frank. If they if, beat if, the Bruins tonight, no shot. Oh, if they beat the Bru- Frank, if they beat the Bruins tonight, I say we go large on oh, Friday. Yeah, we bet the Hawks. Hawks at home in Chicago. Streaks gotta end. They're a whole that's what I'm out of your mind. And we'll streaks get we'll end. get to that later. In the, streaks the gotta and, and it needs to happen either tonight or Friday against the Hawks because then they play Buffalo, Arizona. It's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, you guys are out of your mind. That streak's getting to ten. The Dallas Stars 
are also on a pretty nice road winning streak. They're great on the road. They're pretty good at home. They're one of five teams battling for that last wild card in the wet card spot in the Western Conference. The East is pretty much set one through eight. I think the Islanders have a chance to make a push for the final spot. But for the most part, one through eight, you could even say one through nine are battling for those eight spots. Um in the West, it's a little more wide open. I think the Minnesota Wild, Nashville Predators, and St. Louis Blues are all locks to be second, third, and then top wild card in the Western Conference. I think the Avalanche will be the division winners. But then the Blues, Preds, and Wild, two of those three will be in the division and the one remaining will be top wild card. But that second wild card spot is a freaking battle between the Dallas Stars, the Winnipeg Jets, the Calgary Flames, and I guess you could say the Edmonton Oilers. Dallas took control of that spot last night after a big 5-1 to one win over my New Jersey Devils. Joe Pavelski is back to being San Jose Sharks, Joe Pavelski. And I love every second of it. I think Dallas is a fun team to watch. People forget that two years ago they were in the Stanley Cup final. That's not that long removed. They were, they were an okay team during the COVID-56 game season. But before that, they were awesome. And if they get in the playoffs and Ben and Sagan start scoring and Pavelski and Heiskanen and Kiviranta and um, Rupe Hintz and Robertson, who might even be their best all-around player, if those guys keep going while the other guys get hot and they get good goaltending from Holtby like they've been getting, Dallas is really set, man. Frank, what do you think of the Dallas Stars? Um, well, I think the Dallas Stars are good but we'll just leave it at that. They're good. They're nothing better. They're nothing worse. I actually got a problem with them. The, the problem I have with them is they're just too inconsistent. Um, let me take you back on their past 18 games that they've played. During that span of games, they've had a five-game losing streak, two four-game winning streaks, and one three-game losing streak. So it's like they lose for a little bit. Then they decide to win. Ah, then we'll lose again for a span of game. Oh, we'll win for a few games. They're just too inconsistent. You could look at any other team in the NHL that aren't named the Philadelphia Flyers who, like, aren't consistent because the Flyers have been consistently bad. But if you look at any other team, I mean, there are teams like win two, lose one, win three, then lose one. But these are like they go on a five-game losing streak multiple four-game winning streaks, then you're on a three-game losing streak. It just – that doesn't spell a recipe for success for a great team, so that's why I have them as a good team, and I don't think that anything's going to come out of them going forward for the rest of the season or even the playoffs um, because they have to just be more consistent if they want to win. Joseph. Frank, I'm kind of like – I kind of am with you. I'm like in the fence. I'm kind of in between you guys. I I don't know if, Vin, you think they're like – if you think they're legit – I'm kind of on the fence if they're legit or if they're too inconsistent. Because, Frank, I agree completely. Especially, you look at their past five games, let's look at the opponents. And, yeah, an NHL game is an NHL game. But Montreal, Buffalo, Detroit, Philadelphia, New Jersey, these are all teams below you in the standings. (laughs) These are all teams you should beat. And, uh, yeah, you look at Braden Holpley's past five games. He's gotten a win in four of those past five. The only one I think he lost was, I guess, the Montreal Canadiens. And then, Vin, you mentioned uh, Jason Robertson. I think he 100% has been all around their most consistent player. Um, Looking at his stats, they're actually unbelievable. In 32 games played, he's got 16 goals, 23 assists for 39 points. So it's well over a point per game. We know how good Heiskanen is. But uh, behind Braden Holpey, I actually think Ottinger, I think this is a really good 
goaltending tandem for them. They're both, you know, just getting the job done. So there is that it's a good team. They're playing good hockey. Um, as our friend Liam Hendricks said, you know, it doesn't matter who you beat in the regular season. If you get in the playoffs, it's a fucking new season. The only goal is to get into the playoffs. And I think that's what's on the Dallas Stars mind. They're they're beating up on teams that they should beat up on. Once they get to the playoffs, you never know. Look at two years ago, they made a, a fantastic run to the Stanley Cup final where they fell short, just short. So I don't know. Maybe they are too inconsistent, but all that matters, they get into the playoffs and then they go from there. So I'm on the fence with this team. I'm I'm with Joey. I'm on the fence too because I think Frankie could be right. You can't be that inconsistent and win a playoff series. What happens when you lose three in a row in a playoff series? Well, then you're one away from being eliminated. But what happens if you win three in a row in a playoff series? What happens well, then you're if you're one went yeah. away from you know advancing in the series? So, like, Frankie's spot on with his analysis on how they've been. I do think they have the talent on the roster to take Frankie's narrative, which is accurate, and flip it upside down. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, and we'll see how they do. They play Washington on Friday at home. So, oh. I mean, they have a chance to, to turn this into where they could be on a five-game win, winning streak before they eventually welcome the Boston Bruins to town on Sunday. With of fucking course. <laughs> I swear to God. I always <laughs> just know. It's always relatable. I don't pull this shit out of my ass. Frank, you looked like you had something to say to chime in on the Dallas Stars. No, just when you were saying, like, the whole winning a play. Like, yeah, they could win three in a row in the playoffs. But then, and they win that playoff series. But then, what about with the next playoff series when they're not capable of winning more than those three, and then they lose? Yep. So. That's fair. You're right. They need to literally be hot for three playoff rounds, like they were two years ago, yeah. and then they met the they met the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> All right, Frank. I'm gonna let you do the thing in a couple seconds here, right after me and Joey end things the way that we started it. Three, two, one. Sonk. And Jay, <laughs> let's send it over to period number two. Oh, Frankie was rattled. He was so rattled. After I didn't the know song. what was going on again. Was... <laughs> Welcome to some period. cult we got going on here. You guys like games? I love games. I saw this and I was excited. I'm like, I love on. games. I love these games that I come up with for the show. I'm going to try and incorporate a game with every week. I enjoy this stuff. I'm hope I only have four prompts and I'm hoping that each one of them creates discussion. So don't be afraid to really dive into your analysis on this. You don't just have to give your answer and then move on. It's not, I'm not trying to be quick here. I have these like, give some reason for your answer. I'm serious. We need like a theme. We, like we got to have a game. Like, like, like just for, music it doesn't have to, yeah it doesn't have to be yeah 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 uh the benny hill theme song that, that would be like a really good one or something like that like some upbeat and fun like that but i like that i think we throw me vinny <laughs> throw me vinny throw me joey <laughs> no show me like steve goes yeah i know I, I i changed it to something a little more sporty oh would you rather is the name of the game this week. You've all played it around a campfire trying to figure out if your friends have kissed someone before or something funny like that. But we're going to. No. Or, or yeah, I guess that would be truth or dare. Or like, would you rather hang out with Frankie for a night on the town or would you rather hang out with Joey for a night on the town? I would choose both at the same time. But this one is going to be a little more sports related. I think everybody could have guessed that. So we're going to start with the very first one. And I want you to think about it critically. Don't Let's think about it. Questions are. If quickly. Frankie, I have a feeling Frankie and I, we're going to agree on I'm everything. 
Yeah, it could be. Yeah, maybe. I, I hope I did a good job. I worked hard on him. I put a lot of thought into it. So you just pretend to like him, even if you didn't. The New York Rangers are one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. The problem with the New York Rangers is they are being carried heavily by some players that are in their late 20s or early 30s. Artemi Panarin, Chris Kreider, Mika Zabanajad, okay, uh, Jacob Truba. Really, Fox and Chesterkin are the only young guns carrying their weight. Capo Caco kind of stinks. Keandre Miller hasn't lived up to expectations. Lafreniere has kind of stunk. So once those guys start to decline from their prime a little bit, the Rangers might be in trouble because the young guys aren't elevating. The New Jersey Devils, on the other hand, are kind of bad. They don't really have much veteran presence, but the young guys have looked good. Nico Heischer creates offense from time to time and plays a good two-way game. Jack Hughes is point per game. Jesper Bratt is one of the best offensive players in the NHL right now. They like Ty Smith. They have Dougie Hamilton. So the New York Rangers are going to go to the postseason this season, and the New Jersey Devils are not. So I ask you, gentlemen, going forward, would you rather be a fan of the New York Rangers or the New Jersey Devils? Joe, I'll start with you. Uh, that's actually a tough one. <laughs> um, going forward, I'm going to say the New Jersey Devils because I, I think the Rangers are really, really good right now. Do I think they're good enough to win the Stanley Cup? No, I don't. Um, they, they have, they have bright spots that the devils don't and the devils have bright spots that they don't. I agree that, you know, their future, the future looking five years from now, you want to believe that the devils have that advantage given what you said. Um, Adam Fox is a tough human being to come around for any NHL franchise. Uh, they are not, they're, uh, not a dime a dozen, um, but to come across two goaltenders like the Rangers have, who have both been, you know, really good as of late, uh, where you look at the New Jersey Devils, that's kind of a hole that they're, they don't have an answer for even in the next five years. So I'm going to say the New Jersey Devils just because I've seen Jack Hughes continue to get better and better. I know the potential Nico Heeshear brings. I think those are two core pieces, you know, a one-two punch like that. Dougie Hamilton signing long-term. When he's in the lineup, the devil, it's a huge difference for the Devils. Um, right now, I'd rather be a fan of the New York Rangers. They have, they have Stanley Cup on their mind. But for the future, I have to say the New Jersey Devils. Frank? Yeah, I was, this is a tough one. Um, Joey kind of nailed it on the head because, you know, Vin, I'm not a big futures guy. I like to live in the now. Like, I don't, I don't want to worry about the future. I just, if a team's good now, then yeah, obviously you'd rather be a fan of them now, but going forward, I think the only option you could choose are the devils just because of the young talent on the team and how it works in sports is this young talent develops. So then they could be good for multiple years rather than a couple years. So even though why you have, you have to sit here and suffer for a few years, like the devils are doing, like the Hawks have sucked lately, but there are brighter things down the line for these teams so if I have to choose, am I going for something for the long term? Then I have to go with the Devils. But like Joey says, if I had to choose right now, I'd rather be a fan of the New York Rangers because they are cup contenders. They are going to make the playoffs. They are a good team right now, and they're going to be a good team for the next few years. But after those few years, and after some of the guys leave, then how is it going to turn out? It's not going to be that good. So right now I'd have to say the New Jersey Devils. 
I, I will say, though, if Capo Caco and Lafreniere would have had, you know, that's what, makes, that's what makes this question difficult. If they would have had freshman and sophomore years like Jack Hughes and Nico Heeshear had, it would be New York Rangers without a question. They have Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider. Like, Chris Kreider and Artemi Panarin are both 30 years old, and they are fucking lighting up the league right now. So what's to say they're not going to still be doing that even in three years from now? That 33 years old, that's not uncommon for, for guys of that age to be lighting up the league. Look at Ovechkin, Crosby, Marshan, Bergeron. Like, these guys are in their late 30s and they're lighting up the league. So to say that it's not out of the possibility that the Rangers are better even in the long term because there is still time for, for Capo Caco, Lafreniere. They have Adam Fox, who's a bona fide Norris Trophy defenseman already. Um, and they have the better goaltending. It's It's a tough question, but those guys to me – I don't know if they're going to get much better. You you hope to see it if you're a Rangers fan, but I already am starting to see it with the New Jersey Devils. So that's why for the future I have to go with them. But, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me one bit, actually, if the New York Rangers did win the Cup within the next three years. It would not surprise me because of how good some of those veterans are doing. All they need is throw in some of the some of the help from these young guys that are supposed to be putting in the work, but just it's not going out, going that way right now. Yes, I agree with you. The reason I would take the Devils is because the Rangers are better right now. They're going to be better next year, and they're going to be better the year after that. But then once Panarin, Zibanejad, and Kreider really start to kind of fall off a little bit, I don't trust the younger talent. The Devils have better younger talent, and they don't have a Panarin or a Zibanejad or a Kreider right now. So that's why they kind of stink. Once Heeshear, Hughes, and Smith, and Luke Hughes, once these guys start to like become the Zabanajads and the Criders, and I think the Devils have the advantage going forward. So the question basically becomes, do you think the Rangers will win the Cup during the prime of Panarin? And my answer to that is no. So that's why I would choose the Devils. The second one, you have a player, you have two generational talents that have owned the NHL for the last 20 years. Of course, I'm talking about Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin. For Sidney Crosby, he has 497 goals, 862 assists for 1,359 points in 1,069 games played. Nice. He's won the Stanley Cup three times, two of them in which he won the Conn Smythe Trophy as the playoff MVP. He has won the Art Ross Trophy as the league's leading scorer twice. He has won the Rocket Richard as the game's leading goal scorer twice. And he has won the National Hockey League's Most Valuable Player Award, also known as the Hart Trophy, twice. Alexander Ovechkin, meanwhile, has 759 goals, 619 assists for 1,378 points in 1,240 games played. He's won the Stanley Cup one time, in which he did win the Conn Smythe Trophy. He won the Hart Trophy as the league's MVP three times, the Rocket Richard as the league's leading goal scorer nine times, the Art Ross Trophy as the league's leading scorer once, and he has had significantly more fun playing hockey in his career, at least to the naked eye. So I ask you guys, Sidney Crosby is by far the better player. Nobody's arguing that. Making people better around you, winning more cups, being a leader on a team, a center, all that. You're a better, he's a better player. But Ovechkin's the greatest goal scorer who ever lived. Crosby's not the best at any one particular thing, but he's better at everything that makes him a better player. And he's also got two more cups. So I ask you, who would you rather be, Sidney Crosby or Alexander Ovechkin? 
Um, I personally would rather be Sidney Crosby just because of how much more successful he is. Because you're asking who we'd rather be, not like who we'd rather have on our team, right? Like yeah. If well, also human, keep in mind, Gretzky's probably going to, or Ovechkin's probably going to break Gretzky's goal record. That's yeah, significant I, too. I still don't believe that. I, I told you I was on the fence for that. He's um, 140 goals away. I telling you, I still don't believe it. It's just my opinion. Um, okay. I, I rather be Sidney Crosby just because of how much more successful he's been in the NHL. Those cups play a huge role in things. Um, it's just it seems to me like his demeanor on the ice too. I I just I it seems like I respect Sidney Crosby a little bit more and how well the Penguins have been playing. The Capitals have been kind of inconsistent over the past few years. They've always been a good, great team, you know what I mean? But they've never been able to do anything from it. Like yeah, Ovechkin is an elite Hall of Fame goal scorer, one of the best, if not the greatest of all time, to do it. Um, but the overall portfolio that Sidney Crosby has, I would be forced to take him just because of everything he has achieved in his life. Joe? You're pretty much asking if you'd rather be, you know, (laughs) slightly like more eye candy player. Like I think, I believe Alex Ovechkin, you said he's going to be, he's going to go down as the greatest goal scorer in history. He's got more points than Crosby. He's got, you know, plenty of more goals. Um, He does not have more points than Crosby. In his all time? Oh yes, he does. But he's played yes, two hundred he more. He's played two hundred more games. Yeah, uh, he has more points, um, and he's got plenty of more goals. But you look at the resume of Sidney Crosby: three Stanley Cups, opposed to the one, two gold medals. I don't even know how many World Championships, the World Juniors. He's got a World Cup. Sidney Crosby is the definition of a winning hockey player. So for that reason, I'm going to go with Sidney Crosby because every single person's goal once they sign their first NHL contract, is to win the Stanley Cup as many times as possible. Sidney Crosby doing that three times on top of having the Hall of Fame career with 1,300 points, and he's still going, and he's still chasing more Cups because it's very possible that they could win the Cup this year. Um, You have to go with Sidney Crosby. Breaking Gretzky's goal record doesn't intrigue you? Because he's going to play. He's going to play until he's 55 if he has to to break it. Yeah, it but does. if he breaks it, but then, like, is that all you want in life is to break the goal? No, but he, like, he, he won the Rocket Richard trophy nine times. Yeah, but but he's, if, got, he's got one more heart trophy than Crosby. Okay, but let's just say it before their career started, they said, all right, you could sign, sign the dotted line. And they're like, Ovechkin, if you sign the line, you're going to break Ovi's goal-scoring record. But if Sidney Crosby, if you sign the line, you're going to win three Stanley Cups, two gold medals, you're going to have all this. I would sign Sidney Crosby's sign of the agreement. Every player in the NHL would. I don't care if I had 2,000 goals. Okay. I would, I uh, wanna, I'd... I'm just trying to spark argument. I agree with you guys. I would pick Sidney Crosby's. I'm trying to, like, edge Ovechkin to, like, make it sound more appealing. Ovechkin has had more fun in his career. I believe that. You know, when they won the cup, he went on that fucking parade and he's swimming in fountains in Vegas. And I, th- and winning the Rocket Richard trophy nine times, the Art Ross trophy once. If Crosby's the fifth best hockey player who ever lived, I think he is. I got him at five. Ovechkin might be six. I mean, Ovechkin's career has been great. I would take Crosby because I like to win and I like, I like to be better. And Crosby's slightly better. But it is slightly to me. It really is. I don't know if I agree that um, Ovechkin has had more fun in his career. 
Sidney Crosby's playoff runs. He's had way more of those, way more deep playoff runs. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking yeah, like vi- got a lot of vi- heartbreak in the playoffs too. A, a visible mm-hmm. true happiness, though. You don't hear from Crosby ever. Yeah, but Ovechkin's is that just the type Ovechkin. Of is? He's just yeah, yeah, exactly. That's my point. Like, who would you rather be? That goes into it. You get the personality, you get everything. You get every the Backstrom stuff, the commercials. You get everything in this question, Crosby or Ovechkin. I agree with you guys. I would take Crosby, but Ovechkin makes a better argument than I think people realize. His career is almost as decorated as Crosby's. I hope they retire at the same time and go into the Hall of Fame at the same time. I really do. Crosby's coming up on his 500th career goal, too, which is pretty nice, too. He'll be 500 goals, 1,000 assists, I think, which is – that's sick. I think Gretzky's going to have a thousand goals personally, but we'll see if that ever comes to fruition. He's almost there, guys. He's almost there. So you know I'm, who? I'm looking at the all-time playoff points. Sidney Crosby sits at number seven with 191 playoff points. Yeah, Malkin's probably up there too. I can't even find Alex. Oh, Alex Ovechkin is 39th at 135. Not bad. That's not Certainly bad. Certainly not yeah. bad. It's not 100, 140, no, no. 141 playoff games played for Alex Ovechkin. 174 yeah. for Sidney Crosby. The only thing about the playoffs, you guys bring up the playoffs, and I do think Sidney Crosby is the main reason. He did win two of the three Smythe trophies that were handed out. Crosby did have Evgeny Malkin. Who's better than Nicholas Backstrom and Evgeny Kuznetsov by a lot? He had Mark Andre Fleury until Braden Holpe came around. Washington didn't have a goalie worth ass. There is a little bit of team element that goes into the playoff stuff. That is true too. But that's why I'd rather be with him because he had those players. Okay, that's a that is exactly the line I was looking for in return, Frank. So we're gonna take it to a slightly more modern version of this debate. Jack Eichel is not the second best young player in the NHL, but he's very good, and he was taken number two overall behind Connor McDavid. Jack Eichel, Jack Eichel is a lesser player than Connor McDavid, although he is very good. If Connor McDavid could have 120 points, Jack Eichel could have 100, especially when healthy. Jack Eichel was just traded out of a bad situation to a great team. And if you were to tell me right now that Jack Eichel is going to finish his career with three Stanley Cups, and two Conn Smythe trophies and a career plan with Mark Stone and Pacioretty and Wild Bill. And then you got Connor McDavid, who's the best player in the league by far. It's not close. He has Leon Dreisaitl, who's probably a top five player as well. But he is on a trash team that just doesn't seem to care about winning at all whatsoever. So I ask you, would you rather be going forward, Connor McDavid or Jack Eichel? Joe, you want to start? I did the last one. Yeah, Joe, yeah. start with you. Going forward, I'd rather be Connor McDavid. I mean, Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. Yes, it's a little weird this year that it's not McDavid, Dreisaitl, sitting atop the points leaders, and then there's a huge gap between third place. It's really not like that this year, and I actually don't think it's going to finish like that. I think mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of consistency this year, and I think that has to do with part of the Edmonton Oilers just having a mess of a season. And they're not playing in the no defense North division this year. Exactly. They're not playing in that division and they're not even, are they even playing games in Canada? Like they just started this week. Canada's fully back. The Leafs have a home game tonight. I feel like this whole, I kind of feel bad for those Canadian teams. Like their whole season has been, you know, kind of inflicted by this 
a lot. Uh, but with that being said, like Connor McDavid, he's going to be up at the top of this points every single season. And all they need to do is build a team around these guys successfully, which they haven't been able to do yet. But I'll be shocked if it doesn't happen. Like this kid is going to win Stanley Cups. The Edmonton Oilers are going to win Stanley No, Connor McDavid is going to win Stanley Cups. He might get fed up with it. Every great player can be traded. Um, Wayne Gretzky was traded in his prime. I, I will be surprised. And, and yes, Jack Eichel got thrown into a glorious situation. He might win Cups first. He might, he might hoist Lord Stanley before Connor McDavid. Yes. But I think by the end of it, 15 years from now, when we're all said and done and we're talking about these two guys, like we were just talking about Crosby and Ovechkin, I think when it's all said and done, we'll be looking at Connor McDavid with the state. He'll have the Stanley Cups. He'll have the, the points records. He'll have he'll have the remarkable stats in the regular season on top of the Stanley Cups, more so than Jack Eichel. So I'd rather be uh, Connor McDavid. Come on. Now. Frank? Yeah, if you were to ask me right now who I'd rather be, I'd probably say Jack Eichel for right now. No, no, no. I'm not agree- I'm not disagreeing with Joey, so don't give me that look. Because long term, <laughs> I would choose Connor McDavid by far. I mean, you'd be an idiot not to say that. I know he's on a bad team. And then you you're think not I'm asking, an idiot. You're not asking uh, who, who I, what team I'd rather be on. I mean, that wasn't – McDavid was just drafted there. So, But if you're – right now, if you ask me who I'd rather be, I'd go with Jack Eichel just because he's going to have more fun in Vegas. He's a playoff cup contender right now, and McDavid doesn't have that. But long term, I would choose Connor McDavid just because he will have the better career statistically. You know, nobody could argue with that. I mean, it just Eichel already fell too far behind um, to even try and catch uh, McDavid. And I don't think McDavid's going to spend his whole career with Edmonton. So I do think he'll go on to be successful and win the cup, even if it's not before Eichel. But yeah, I would choose Connor McDavid long term. <sighs> I would rather be Jack Eichel. I'm sorry. It's easy to say. I would rather be the 10th best player in the NHL and not live in shitty Edmonton, which is by far the worst market in the NHL in terms of weather, fun, outside of hockey. Edmonton stinks. It's the worst city in the NHL. That is just a well-known fact. I think Winnipeg is probably, though people in Winnipeg might argue that their situation's worse. But Edmonton stinks as a town to live in. It's like it's like Pittsburgh, but without the nice sights and way worse weather. Okay, that's out of the way. Jack Eichel's in Viva Las Vegas for the next eight years on a team that year after year continues to add a player that's better. Oh, we're going to trade for Max Pacioretty. He's our new best player a year after we went to the Stanley Cup final with a bunch of misfits. Oh, we don't want Pacioretty to be our best player anymore. Well, let's keep Pacioretty and go add Mark Stone. Now he's our best player. Oh, we don't want Mark Stone to be our best player anymore. Let's go add Jack Eichel. The Vegas Golden Knights will do whatever it takes to put a winning product on the ice. The Edmonton Oilers will not. And until Connor McDavid formally requests a trade, they still don't even have to listen to him. They could say, fuck you, Connor. We're not trading you for shit. And he would just have to sit there and play on this miserable team that year after year sucks and sucks and sucks. And I'd rather take three cups and be the 10th best player in the NHL than be the first best player in the NHL and stink. Now, I reserve the right. I am fully admitting that I have a chance to look ridiculous here in five years 
if they trade McDavid to the Leafs. He's from Toronto. He likes Toronto, and they win the cup. Or if they trade him to Colorado, and then him and McKinnon are now a one-two punch. Or if they trade him to the New York Rangers, and he replaces uh, Panarin and Kreider and all them. Or if somehow he got traded to a team like the Bruins. I don't know, guys. I, I, I think Jack Eichel's situation going forward, it's much prettier. It's like the opposite of Crosby and Ovechkin. The better player was on the better team, but the this lesser player was having more fun on a lesser team. It's the opposite. Vegas is the better team, and they're more fun to be on. I don't know. I Jack Eichel's situation is sweet right now. Not many people would trade with him right now. It is sweet, especially the situation he's you know going into. Like they're arguably the best team in the league, if not, or are they arguably the best team in the Pacific, if not the best team in the league? Um, and here the Edmonton Oilers are struggling to, you know, push into that playoffs. Uh, I agree that right now, and Frankie and I both agree that right now, yeah, you're choosing Jack Eichel, but by the time their careers are all set up, do you really think Jack, uh, Jack, like the Vegas Golden Knights are not going to win the Stanley Cup five years in a row. They might get one out of the next five years. Might. The Stanley Cup is fucking hard to win. Okay. Um, it's hard to win for a team like that. Connor McDavid ain't winning shit. In I Edmonton. Think- it's hard to trade a twelve million dollar player too. So I McDavid think- would have to leave in free agency at twenty eight years old. And how often do guys like that end up winning the Stanley Cup? Never. Yeah, but I think by the end of the year or by the end of their careers, you've put two resumes side by side. At uh, Connor McDavid will have the better resume. I agree. You're he'll have, get, no, he'll you're have scoring Stanley titles. He'll, he'll have a couple tough. Stanley Cups. He'll have a. Uh, what heart trophies? Yeah, heart no, trophy, I, you're probably Ross, right. Whatever. Probably a gold medal. And at, at the point, end of the, the day, if I have the better the better stats and the better uh, accolades on my resume or whatever, and the better awards, then yeah, that's who I'd rather be. Like, if the question was who would I rather be in terms of like just taking their skills and putting them into my body, of course I would take Connor McDavid. That's I would take him over Wayne Gretzky, and I truly mean that. If we're taking who would you rather be, like actively be right now, I think I would take Jack Eichel. I really do. Well, yeah, right now I agree with you if we're doing right now. But like long term, it's kind of like the question with the Devils and the Rangers, right? Like you could say um, Jack Eichel is the Devil, or Jack Eichel is the Rangers and Connor McDavid's the Devils. So right now Jack Eichel is going to be good. They're going to be playoff contenders. But if Connor McDavid's the Devils, you want to – you know, you don't know what he's going to do the rest of his career. You're still young. You could still go on and win a ton of cups and stuff like that. So, so you guys think Connor McDavid's going to win the Stanley Cup in his career? You think it's just a lock that? Yeah, he yeah I think I think he, I think honestly he has a better shot over Jack Eichel. I I don't. I think I if, agree. if Vegas doesn't win the cup this year or next year, you're gonna Jack Eichel may never win a cup. I agree. How how big do you it. think the window is for Vegas, man? Yeah, I did. They're the, not going to be great. They have forever. the fourth best prospect farm in the NHL. I get that. The, do do the that's the how best? they keep trading for Eichel and does the, Stone and Patchetti because they they're the best drafting team in the NHL. Does the best team just always win the Stanley Cup? No, exactly. but the Oilers aren't even a playoff team. I'm not saying these cups are even going to come with Edmonton, but okay, Edmonton so was the, fucking that, really good at the beginning of the season. Are they? Are they? They're probably like. Three pieces away from actually being really good contenders. Okay, but they make trades for guys like Duncan Keith, who's 38 years old. They don't make these big trades for stars that they need. They don't sign guys like Petrangelo 
and stuff like that. I get that. I get that. And that's that's you know that's tweaking franchise at its finest. They need at the deadline. They could potentially get into the playoffs this year. It's not over for them. No, but they won't trade for Flurry. That's those are the trade, kind of moves they won't. They, they won't trade for a defenseman that could help them. Calvin Dahan, or you know, they, who's the, a stinky team that is going to PK Subban. Like those they, are the they moves won't make they those moves. Well, those are the mo- moves they to. need to do. And outside of Zdeno Chara and Marion Hosa, can you name any forwards or defensemen that signed big free agent tickets that went on to win the Stanley Cup? By eating a shit ton of their team's cap? A big free agent? McDavid. No. You're right. McDavid like, will never sign a big contract in free agency. He will get traded and then re-signed. I don't know about that. I'm not ready to say that. At 28 years old, if 15 mil's on the table to sign with whoever the hell he wants in the NHL, you're crazy if you don't think he'll test that. He's already admitted he wants out of Edmonton now behind closed doors. He's going to want to win. He's going to want to fucking He's going to want to win. And if he can choose where he could go to, there's a chance. So you agree he's not going to be in Edmonton then, right? He's not in the long him. term, like his whole yeah. career. Yeah. No shot. You think in his so you think in his prime he'll go to a pretty decent team? I would hope so. Okay, so let's just say I want to be wrong here. Let's just say for argument's sake he goes to Colorado. Okay. Does your two change about the whole situation? Yes. Well, so you, so then you kind of agree with us because that's what you have to think. You just admitted you don't think he's going to stay with the Oilers long term. So no, I, I certainly th- don't think he's going to stay with the Oilers long term. I worry about that when he leaves in free agency though. He eats up 20% of his team's cap. They're always a over or an underachieving team. Kind of like John Tavares. I know McDavid's better than John Tavares. But, like, do you think if the Leafs could go back five years and not sign Tavares, they would? I do. Right? Yeah, you might be right. The, but... Leafs, the Leafs are a whole other mess. Yeah, that's a – Okay, but where's McDavid from? And he's he's talked about – he's said many times, Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. I'm from Toronto. What if he goes to Ottawa? Maybe that's I how mean, they win a first that round could, That series. could work. Yeah, well, they're gonna. Win I think in, in a world this there is there is no world where Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews are on the same team. If he plays, if he if Connor McDavid ever does go to Toronto, Matthews is already out by then. Well, yeah. Well, what if Matthews is in Arizona, and the Leaps have all this cap space now because Nylander, he's gone. Tavares is old. They probably figure out a way to trade him and retain. I think uh, Matthew's, Matthew's playing in gone. Arizona. Matthew's playing in Arizona is a fairy tale that'll never happen until the end of his career. I, yeah, I was just gonna say I think that would happen like the last year of his career. Like here he comes, he's coming. Home. Austin Matthews is not going to, to Arizona to fucking turn a, a franchise. They're around. building it right now. They're bad on purpose right now, knowing he has five years left on his contract. Ooh, I, I would love it. I would love it. But see, the spark could debate though, because I, I don't know, man. It's hard. It's hard for me to say I wouldn't rather be Jack Eichel. But there's one issue with Eichel, though. And maybe I'm just playing devil's advocate. There's one issue with Eichel. We don't know how he's going to come back from this injury. Oh, I think he'll be fine. I hope so. I hope so. I think you will see, uh, you know, knock on wood, I think he will be a a glorified NHL player who injury-prone isn't even a thought in the mind. Well, until this injury, he was never injured. Exactly. Yeah. And he had like oh, a ninety-point year the year before. No, he hurt his ankle. Didn't he hurt his ankle one year? Maybe. But, those but, are, then, those he, but then he came injury. back. But then he came those back. 
Those aren't reoccurring injuries like concussion problems or a bad shoulder that you need surgery on or something. Yeah. I mean, is there a player like compared that you'd rather have Patrice Bergeron's career over that maybe the player is better than Patrice Bergeron? Like, like, okay, so there are a lot of players probably better than Patrice Bergeron, but you would still rather be Patrice Bergeron than said player. Oh, my God, like David Pasternak? I'd rather be Pasternak over any of these guys. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Okay, maybe. Pasternak, like, it's like more fun playing in Boston. They're on a better team. That's where I'm going with Eichel. I, I'm I'm serious. McDavid's situation is not cool. Yeah, and I can't, and I can't resume, just – no, McDavid's the better player. McDavid, I think McDavid's but better than Gretzky. I'll think, fight, I, I'll fight any old person. McDavid is more talented than Wayne Gretzky. He's a better skater. He's got better hockey IQ, and he's got softer hands. Gretzky's I, probably a better shooter, but I think when it's all said and done, he'll have the better resume. I agree. That, with that, that's all what right. I'm going by. Yeah. All right, we're gonna switch gears here a little bit. I liked that conversation, guys. I really liked that conversation. We're gonna we're gonna play this game again. Not next week, but we're gonna play it again. We're gonna switch over to f- we're gonna switch over to football here for this last one. The Tennessee Titans are a great team. They were the number one seed in the AFC this season. They have a good but not great quarterback. They have an elite roster, but they can't win in the postseason. They are now zero and three in their franchise history as a number one seed in the first round. The Jacksonville Jaguars have an awful roster. They have a quarterback on the team that could be a game changer in Trevor Lawrence. Could be. And they have a lot of cap space. And for the second straight season, they will have the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. So I ask you gentlemen, from this moment forward, would you rather be a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Tennessee Titans? I would honestly rather be a fan of the Tennessee Titans. Um, I get how good Trevor Lawrence could be, right? He's still young, still hasn't gotten his feet wet in the NFL. But the Jaguars just seem to be like one of those teams that are cursed. Vin, you mentioned how uh, the Raiders always seem to be cursed or whatever. Dallas always seems to be cursed. I just, the Jaguars. The Green Just, Bay Packers in the postseason. I cannot see the Jaguars. I don't care who they draft. Who I thought Trevor Lawrence was going to lift them up this year, and that didn't happen. The Tennessee Titans could have a fix. I said this numerous times. They need to get rid of Ryan Tannehill. He is not the answer. He sucked on Miami. He goes to Tennessee, and all of a sudden this guy's God, according to some people. He's not as good as people think he He's is. He's like the 19th or 20th best quarterback. Exactly. In the you get him out of He's there. He's okay. You get him out of there, and these problems are going to start solving quickly. Well, it depends who you replace him with. Well, He's better than, he, like, Mike Glennon or no, Mitchell right, Trubisky. Right. I'm saying if you get a top quarterback, which they are more than capable of doing, they will have tons better success than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because to be honest with you, I also like the the roster that the Titans have better than the Jaguars right now. Um, and Derrick Henry and um, uh, oh my God, who is it? The wide receiver. Julio Jones. Julio Jones and uh, A.J. Brown or AJ something. A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. I mean, they just have tons of talent on offense. The Jaguars, while they have some talent on offense besides Trevor Lawrence and they have some young receivers who might pan out to be pretty well, 
right now, the Tennessee Titans have a better chance of being successful for the foreseeable future than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Joseph. I agree with Frankie 110%. I don't even think there's much of a debate here. The Tennessee Titans lost three games without Derrick Henry. Tannehill was able to get – he was able to win football games. Trevor Lawrence, how many games did he win this year? Three games. Until Trevor Lawrence is able to prove to me – shout out Frank Parisi, Bengals all day. Until Trevor Lawrence is able to prove to me that he can be a bona fide quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes, like Joe Burrow is doing over in Cincinnati. I'm not I'm not any going near the Jacksonville Jaguars. Derrick Henry is a guy like that is so hard to come by in the NFL. He is by far, in my opinion, the best running back in football. And, and it's not close. When he's on his game, he is on his game. I, I think that highly of Derrick Henry. Um, and Tannehill has been able to get it done even without him in the lineup. Going forward, for, and until Jacksonville is able to build around Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence able to, to kind of prove himself to the NFL world, the answer's got to be the Tennessee Titans. I agree with both of you. I thought one of you would pick the Jaguars because they do have a lot of cap space and they could sign whoever they want, and they have another number one pick. They have the better quarterback, I think. But Tannehill's good enough. I, I think they underachieved this year. They ran into the Bengals, who have – maybe a top five quarterback in Joe Burrow and they beat them in a close game. Tennessee almost won that game and they were, would have been in the AFC championship themselves. So it's not like Tannehill did like a shit job, you know, Joe Burrow beat them and brought them into field goal range and they got the game winning kick. So, you know, it took a really good effort from Joe Burrow and the Bengals to get rid of the Titans. So I agree with you guys. I would take the Titans I'd rather have the 20th best quarterback in the NFL than like a completely unknown like or a really bad quarterback. And with Tannehill, the Titans have proven they can win with their scheme. And there's going to be an opportunity to upgrade from Tannehill if they so choose over the coming years. Maybe they make a trade for Aaron freaking Rodgers. Or maybe they trade for Russell Wilson. Or maybe, maybe Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere and the Titans upgrade Tannehill by taking their old quarterback. Like, Let's say Aaron Rodgers decides, you know, I want to be a Colt. I want to play for the Indianapolis Colts. Well, Carson Wentz, whatever opinion you have, he's probably an upgrade over Ryan Tannehill. And maybe the Titans can win a playoff game or maybe even get to the Super Bowl with someone like Carson Wentz. So it's going to be interesting to see. I agree with you guys, though. I would take the Tennessee Titans. That yeah, was they an need awesome an segment. upgrade. They, they need an upgrade quick. Yeah, because they're... their team's really good. If they if they get beat to Joe Burrow, it wasn't getting any easier to face Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes going forward. So, yeah. I mean, if they had an upgrade, they would be Super Bowl contenders. Who's better, Tannehill or Daniel Jones? I'd say Tannehill. Tannehill or Baker Mayfield? I'd take Tannehill. I agree with I agree on both. So Tannehill, what well, Tannehill? Yeah, but still need an upgrade. Tannehill or Jimmy G. <laughs> I'll take. Tannehill. Yeah, I'd probably take Tannehill. Oh, we're gonna get to that in a minute. The Frankie Mueller Bowl is Sunday. Can't wait for it. Let's send it over. I might not even like watch the game. I just might burn my TV. You're coming it's the, over. It's the fraud bowl. You're watching it with me. The fraud oh, bowl. The You're fraud a clown. Bowl. You're a clown. That's the it's... stupidest thing I've ever heard. Honestly, send it over to period three. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm Joe, telling you to do it. Send it over to period three.
we're in period number three where I can't wait to hear what just absolute nonsense spews out of these two clowns mouth. But first we're going to start off with something. I'm not going to give a single opinion on the major league baseball's announcement yesterday of the hall of fame. Cause I'm going to do it tomorrow on Crosstown Crosstalk. You can listen at 2 PM and I can't wait to chat with you about it, but Joe and Frank, we'll start with Frank. David Ortiz is in the hall of fame. What do you think? I'm happy for him. I enjoyed watching him throughout his career. Um, he's a great player. Uh, I saw the video of them calling him. Did you guys see that? Yep, with Pedro yeah, Martinez. Pedro. Yeah, that yeah. that was uh, that was fun to warmed watch. me and Joey's hearts. We love Pedro. Oh my god, he it was it was absolutely amazing. He deserves to be in. I'm I'm glad he's a first ballot Hall, Hall of Famer. Um, I know Joe. That had to be great for you because I know he's one of your favorite players of all time, and you too, Ben, and be, being a fan of. The Red Sox, uh, it was really cool to watch. He is. He's, he's, you nailed it. He's my favorite player of all time. Uh, my favorite moment in baseball, watching baseball, comes off of the bat of David Ortiz. I've gotten to know David over the years, you know, speaking with him, and uh, I wish. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to interrupt. But, um, yeah, honestly, I'm so happy because, Vin, when he retired, you and I always kind of wondered if, poppy would be a hall of famer it wasn't a sure shot thing and here we are first ballot hall of famer uh he's in i obviously i obviously biasly always argued that he would be a hall of famer and and here we are so i'm incredibly happy for him and it's always better it's just like a little cherry on top when the guy who gets inducted you just know what a, a good guy he is on the inside like aside from him being a great baseball player like david ortiz would give his life for that city for the game of baseball um and it's just, like you remember when he got didn't he get shot like last year, a couple years ago? Like, yep. you know, that whole, that was the one of the most emotional things seeing big poppy and seeing the city of Boston rally behind him during the 2013 Boston marathon, the way he rallied behind that city. He's just an incredible human being. And I'm so happy for big poppy and he deserves it. Absolutely. And I'm going to get into David Ortiz and maybe some snubs from the hall of fame. And I'm going to tell people the truth that they don't want to hear tomorrow. 2 PM crosstown crosstalk. Make sure you tune in. Guys, Tom nailed it right on the head with Frankie. I'm sure he owes him a haircut because Frankie just can't I, back off. He he finds this hill I, that he has to die on, and he just refuses to go. You know what? Me and Joey, at least me, hey, guys, I'm wrong. You're allowed to do that from time to time, you know, son. Listen, so, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to I refer to Tom's comment. I uh, I made three bets with Tom. I lost all three. But I know Joey. Joe, you would have taken every single bet that I made. Would I have? No, probably not. Well, lay it on me. Big brain VP, big brain TM. I had uh, why am I I'm always drawing a blank. Hold on. Um oh he had the buck he had the Rams against the Bucks. I had the Bucks. I was like, sure, I'll take that bet off your hands. Mm -hmm. Joe, you would have done the same thing. Yeah, I had the box. He he had the 49ers. I had the Packers. Uh-huh, yeah. I I'll take the Packers. If it's a just if it's just a straight up bet for bet, there's no odds. Just give me uh, whatever you win. Like, how can you not? Like what? That's basically like you're getting these teams at plus one hundred odds. Um, and then the other one is I took Buffalo because I honestly thought Buffalo yeah, was gonna win. I had the Bills too, yeah. And I had the Bills and he had the Chiefs and I don't know. I when was you smart guys until learn. 13 seconds left in the freaking game. I don't know anyway. when you guys are going to learn. I'm going to I'm going to recap the division round a little bit, and then you guys can bounce. So I off went that. 0 for three against them. It wasn't my fault that they were good bets to make. Uh, a young, real quick, 
real quick before Vinny goes, uh, Vin, you say I never, I never do this. I might be the worst football predictor of all time. Yep. I, Either you or Frankie. I haven't gotten a single thing right. The only you are I got you right. are you are four. You're four and eight in the playoffs so far. Four and eight. I thought I only had two wins, and that was Kansas City and Tampa Bay. And didn't first you round. get two right in the week one? Yeah, and I you went zero and four last week. Zero and four last week. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I thought you had two. You didn't yeah, pick. No, I you didn't pick the Chiefs. No, I thought the Bills. What I thought the clown best, you are! I thought the best offense. Here's what you know. They will piss me off. The best offense. They score every a touchdown on. We're every gonna drive. agree on this. We're gonna agree on this. They score. They score a touchdown on every drive against the New England Patriots, who have a far and away better defense than the Kansas City Chiefs, the New England Patriots do. I believe that. And then all of a sudden, they go into the Kansas City. All they're fucking talking about. All oh, the the Buffalo Bills have a phenomenal defense, best third down defense in the fucking league. And then Kansas City is just making them look like dog shit. What does Kansas City have that to- uh, New England doesn't? Doesn't matter. The it Buffalo Bills. Matter. The Buffalo it Bills should have been able. They should have been able to fucking beat the Chiefs. That's all I'll say. I was it wrong. Was just, I went. It, it was a poorly coached game too. I, I. They. They all could have been avoided. Okay, I'm gonna speak here on something. There is something that kind of bothered me going into this season, and I really just had to sit back and watch until I was proven right or wrong. And if I would have been wrong, I would have admitted it, but I have since been proven right. There's a team in the National Football League called the Detroit Lions. This team fucking stinks. They're the only team in the NFL that I believe is more poorly ran than the Chicago Bears. I would even say the Washington football team, who are about eight days away from revealing their new team name. So that's pretty exciting. Even though I would just keep football team if I were in charge, because I think that's really cool. I actually didn't even know that they were having a new team. No, I I would keep football team if I could, just because it reminds me of like pro American soccer. And I really like like Atlanta FC, New York FC. Like I like that kind of stuff personally, but clearly the American people like actual team nicknames. So that's that. But the Detroit Lions are so bad and they had a generational, not generational. I wouldn't call them generational. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick. Those guys are generational. But they had a top eight quarterback in the NFL for years, years. And they couldn't win a single playoff game because they just surrounded him with trash. The only notable player, there are two notable offensive players, I would say, that played with Matthew Stafford in Detroit. And that's Calvin Johnson, who's one of the greatest receivers who ever lived. And then, of course, I think Kenny Galladay, my guy from Northern Illinois, I believe he was really good as well. Other than that, and they called him Minitron for a reason. Matthew Stafford, in his first year leaving that dump in Detroit, he finds himself in the Final Four. Okay. We move over to the other game. Oh, and he beat Tom Brady. And let me say something about Tom Brady. Tom Brady proved he's the GOAT to me more on Sunday than he did in any of his Super Bowl runs, and I'll tell you why. That Tampa Bay Buccaneers team was trash. They were missing um, Godwin, and they were missing uh, Antonio Brown, who might be my least favorite sports athlete who ever lived. He can kiss my ass. But the Buccaneers were dropping passes, and the linemen couldn't block for shit, and Tom Brady still almost led them to a 28-3 to level comeback and a game-winning drive by Matthew Stafford 
great on him. He deserves to be in the Final Four. The Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers is Peyton Manning 2.0. Outstanding regular season quarterback. There's no doubt about it. He owns the NFC North every single year. Who doesn't beat the Lions and the Bears? I mean, come on. The San Francisco 49ers are now 4-0 against Aaron Rodgers in the postseason. Everyone likes to rip on my pal Jimmy G. I believe in you, Jimmy. No one else does. You played like trash in that entire game against the Green Bay Packers until you were relied on most. And you made that pass to Debo Samuel for 16 yards. And you're hitting uh, Kittle for 12 yards. And you're doing what you need to do when it matters most. And that means something to me in the NFL. In his career as a starter, Jimmy Garoppolo. Hold on, I'll find it eventually. I'm not sure why it's not showing up. I just had it. That's kind of what are you looking for his record as a starting quarterback in the NFL. He is as a starter in the National Football League, 33, 14, and zero. He wins games. He's not elite. If Jimmy G was on the Chicago Bears in 2018, they might have won the Super Bowl. I mean, come on. Give Jimmy G credit for winning. He's not great. He's Ryan Janahill. He's Ryan Tannehill with a clutch gene, is what he is. And the San Francisco 49ers could go to their third Super Bowl or second Super Bowl in three years if they somehow beat the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday. Okay, let's move over to the AFC. Wait, Frank, what do you think about Jimmy G? You're just trying to stir the pot. I'm trying to get a big old paddle and fucking create a whirlpool in this pot. He can. I, I, I will. Here, here, here's what I'll say. Argue with 33, 14, and we, zero. You know how I felt about the 49ers. I said they're frauds. I take that back. The 49ers as a whole are not frauds. Jimmy G and the offense are frauds. The 49er defense is not fraudulent. That's the only reason why they won that game. If you look at his statistics for that game, well, oh, he threw one touchdown pass well, to give him the lead, but the defense won him that game. The well, defense like, I, won I, him I, that game. Jimmy G, that. Jimmy G's good enough at quarterback to win big football games. Why? Because he had one good pass of sixteen no, yards. I actually have those stats. He did not throw a single touchdown all game. In fact, he threw one interception. He got sacked four times. He had a fifty-seven point nine completion rate, only making eleven completions on nineteen attempts. He was terrible in that game against Green Bay, except at the end when it mattered most. He didn't pass it to Debo, right? Or he did? No, he did. He said, oh, Joe, I thought you said he didn't have a touchdown pass. He did not have a touchdown. Oh, no, no, no. The Debo thing I'm talking about wasn't a touchdown. Oh, well, what the hell then? He didn't he do didn't anything. have a single touchdown. No. Yeah, he didn't. They would have had a better chance. Thing. They would have beat Green Bay in a much easier fashion had anyone else been in the You're right. You're right. I agree with that. I'm not saying he's elite. I think he's the 20th best quarterback in the NFL. But you can. was. 19th, 20th. Which one's 20? Which one's 20? Yeah. I would put Tannehill. I would rather have Jimmy G. I would take 33, oh, 14, man. and 0. I would take 33, 14, and 0 every day of the week. He went 9 and 6 this season. Yeah, but he went 13. He the best six. division in the National Football League. What did Tannehill do this season? He was way better this season than Jimmy G. Jimmy G is a fraud. Tannehill relied a lot on the running back. Now the defense. The running back. Jimmy G wins games. We lost three games without Derrick Henry. Jimmy G has played in the Super Bowl. He's in the AFC. Won that game. Jimmy G might be the luckiest quarterback in the NFL. If they didn't have a defense, there's no such thing. 
Where I'd love to know where their defense ranks. Oh, it's probably up there. It probably top ten, you'd say. Jimmy G won ten games as a starter. If if they in, were in the best the division same, of football, he gets to the share best, the same. You give him no props for playing in that division. So lucky he gets this. He gets to share the same air as Tom Brady for the, first the Rams year of his career. The Rams. The Rams won the division. Or did they technically win the division over the Cardinals? The Rams. Yes, they did. They were the three seed. The Cardinals. Then there's the 49ers. The worst team in the division was the only team in the division with a 500 record in the last 10 years, the Seattle Seahawks. So, I'm sorry. I I think Jimmy G's underappreciated. He's not elite. He's not elite. Joe Burrow's elite. Tom Brady's elite. But Jimmy G's 33-14-0 for a reason. He's worse than mediocre. Yeah, I was. He, no, he's not. Yes, he is. He can't. You can't. You can't call him worse than mediocre. He, when he, as a Vin, starter, you know how you you know how you called the Cardinals a uh like a good eleven or a bad eleven win team. Remember yeah. you said like the Cardinals. Oh, they're like the Steelers of last year. Yeah, and then they lost. Team. And then they lost by thirty in the playoffs. And Jimmy G is a bad thirty-three win quarterback. He's in the AFC or the NFC title game for the third time or the second time in three years. Yeah, the Cardinals always, lost by the Cardinals yeah. lost by a thousand in their first playoff. He game. was everybody on that defense of chip a, or a, a little piece of. There's no doubt about it. Jimmy G takes full advantage of being. If Mitchell Trubisky like, was on the 49ers, they wouldn't even make the playoffs. I like his route to get to where to get to this championship Sunday. He beats the the choke Dallas Cowboys. Who, no matter what happened in that game, someone would have had something to say. Like, okay, Dallas always loses in the first round. It happened to come against Jimmy G. Okay. Frankie and I use that as an argument. Okay. They, they're, they're still frauds. They beat the team that always loses in the first round. Okay. Then okay. Now, the now, now do the about to be MVP of the NFL. The, uh, the, he didn't do shit. That win had nothing to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Why is Jimmy G more capable of winning games in the postseason than Aaron Rodgers? And it, Beating the Green Bay Packers had zero to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. He didn't do anything of worth note. Your but guy, you your guy long- Matthew Stafford, is going to shit on Jimmy G. And the 49ers. Well, I agree with that. that. Game, okay. But that's not going to make the 49ers frauds in my opinion. It, they had the luckiest route to get to where they are. They had they got to play Green Bay on that snowy game where the defense was where they were fucking blocking punts, blocking field goals. Jimmy G needed to show up and put his jersey on, and that's it. And they were winning that football game. I don't agree with that. Yeah, I mean, he's just – he had, like, what, 57% completion? Anybody would, could hand the ball would, off. Would they I have needed – hand the ball off. Would they have needed – no, you can't. Would they have needed an NF – or would they have needed an elite quarterback to win that game? No. Would an elite quarterback have made it where they don't need a game-winning field goal? Probably. I, I'm not disagreeing with that. So but exactly- Jimmy G is good enough to go out there and win a game on a team like the 49ers. If he – and it's going to be cemented even more when Trey Lance, who's a better quarterback than Jimmy G, goes to starts next season because they're going to get rid of Jimmy G. It's basically like Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. They're getting rid of him because he's a fraud. They know. Okay, and when Trey Lance takes over and has better stats and all that, but they don't win, you're going to wonder what happened to Jimmy G. Never if mind. you put better stats on that 49ers team, they're going to be a better team. Yeah. I am willing to bet you any amount of money that they're going to get rid of Jimmy G this offseason. That's almost a given. They're going to get rid of Jimmy G this offseason. Trey Lance is going to put up better stats than Jimmy G. 
and they're not going to win shit. They will not be in the NFC title game next season. With they're, they're not going to have a route is easy. They're not yeah. going to have a second round game they're not like, like get they as just lucky did. Either. That, How come in hindsight you're allowed to rip on the route? If I told you that the 49ers had to go through Dallas and Green Bay to get to the NFC Championship game, you would have sat there and said, "Wow, that's a really hard route they have to get to the NFC Championship game." Dallas is Green Bay are awesome, but and then, then they beat them, at, and then you call it an easy route. What the hell are you talking the, about? And then after looking at the games, yeah, everyone says Dallas chokes in the first round. Every single year, Dallas chokes in the first round. They get matched up against San Francisco. San Francisco, oh, surprise, Dallas chokes in the first round. Oh, they're going to Green Bay. Let's have a fucking snowstorm. Aaron Rodgers sucks. Jimmy G sucks. The defense plays out of their mind. What the fuck is that about? That's luck. Jimmy G didn't do shit to win the 49ers that football game. He is going Jimmy- to get stompled against the Rams. Yeah. Jimmy I, G, Jimmy G did way. more. Jimmy G took advantage of his defense playing well. And Aaron Rodgers did it. Play Skyler playing Green Bay at home is not lucky. That could have been the biggest challenge in the playoffs. The way the game went was lucky for Jimmy G. No shot. Yeah, he, was, he got them no. in field goal yeah. range to win yeah. the me, football me, game. Their defense did everything. They got yeah. them in field goal range to win the football game. Their defense they, they're the, the only touchdown of the game. Let me let me tell you, like here, it was they were down seven. With four and a half minutes to go, Packers were punting the ball. If that punt gets off, there is zero shot that the 49ers win that game. Zero shot that they win that game. First of all, they'd have to waste clock and drive down the field. And who knows if they've been able to go. Would they have been able to go almost the full length of the field when they weren't able to do that the whole game? Not at a 57% completion. (laughs) Absolutely not. And they weren't going to run the ball the whole time because there was the time was ticking. They would not have been able to move the snow the was ball coming. Down. That Green snow, Bay yeah, snowstorm. Exactly. <laughs> but the fact that they tied it up, now they're like, all right, now we could sit back. We we could sit back a little bit. And they got lucky. And not only that, but they also blocked the field goal too. Their the we, defense that saved an extra three points for the uh mm-hmm. the San Francisco 49ers. We're, we're, okay, we keep saying that the, they got lucky. We're saying Jimmy G got lucky. The 49ers special teams, that was not luck. They played a fucking incredible game. That's what game. I said. They're the not special, frauds. That defense the, is good. The special teams for the 49ers all round of applause to them. Yeah. The only, when, we, when Frankie and I say they got lucky, that they were simply referring to the offense and Jimmy mm-hmm. Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo completed his more percent of his passes this season than our guy, Tom Brady. In that one game... 50% of it, 57% of his passes, but he did it when he needed to. Jimmy G's a winner. I'm with, I stand with Jimmy G. Stand with Jimmy G all you want. True colors will be shown when they go into LA and play the Los Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford. The team that you called frauds to and you ripped on Matthew Stafford and said. I didn't say they were frauds. I thought that they would lose to the, uh, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers no. in Tampa Bay. Sorry. No. And, and Tom Brady almost pulled vintage Tom Brady out of his head. That, that's Tom Brady. That's Tom Brady. The reason I think that the Rams are going to win the Frankie Mueller Bowl is because they have a superstar at every position. I mean, Aaron Donald and um, Von Miller are outstanding pass rushers. And then Leonard Floyd. What the fuck was going on with Leonard Floyd when he was in Chicago that he stunk and then he goes to the Rams and is awesome? They have two elite receivers in Cooper Cup and – Odell Beckham Jr., which that catch Cooper Cup made that ended, that got the Rams at field goal range. That's probably as sad as I've ever been as a football fan, if we're being honest with each other, because I knew right there that it was over. But I don't know, man. It, I 
part of me just hopes San Francisco wins the fucking and whole thing. Before before we get to the AFC championship, not to mention that they are undoubtedly, because I'm so confident that they are going to beat the fucking 49ers. I'm not even thinking about that game. I'm thinking about the Super Bowl for the Rams. Not to mention on top of having a superstar at every position, they have home field advantage in the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford. They played each other in the regular season at SoFi Stadium. Matthew Stafford had to do a silent count, and Jimmy G called it with cadence. Also, that's a fact. We have LA. LA's not letting non-LA residents buy tickets to the playoff game. That's something else that we haven't mentioned too, and another reason that helped Jimmy G out a lot is that the San Francisco 49ers have probably one of the best kickers of all time in Robbie Gold. He's never missed in the postseason in his career ever. I don't care what the conditions are. This guy's never missed. So if it wasn't for him, he's also only made the postseason three times. It does. I don't care. What? what? Didn't he only make it with the Bears once and then the 49ers twice? Doesn't matter. He's made like 20, though. That's no, he lot. might have made it with the Bears twice. He's made 20 or 21 in a row. Like yeah, no, no. Robbie Gold's amazing. I'm so, not ripping on Robbie Gold. That's another thing. If they had even a slightly worse kicker, the 49ers may not have even won that game. So Jimmy uh, did jack shit that old game. And Sky Maybe, but don't, don't, six and one. Don't forget Mason Crossbar playing for. You know, the Green Bay Packers. But that's because right? the San Francisco 49ers had a good defense. They blocked it at fair and square. So. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy G did not have the best game, but he was good in the end when it mattered. If he game. has that same game against the Rams, the 49ers, he will get may, the 49ers may not even score. Yes. He can have a slightly better game. He could throw 60, 65% still probably. He's not a bad quarterback, though. He, did, he completed 68% of his passes. He's a, he's a bad, good quarterback. He's a... He's 68 bad... 68% of his passes. No, Frank, I think you have it opposite. I think he's a good bad quarterback. Oh yeah, he's a good I don't know. I don't even know how he's trying to phrase 19th best, 20th best. I'll make a starting quarterback ranking in the NFL. I uh, I could do that before our next show, but one side I think we agree a little bit more is when the Cincinnati Bengals went into the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. We're a Joe Burrow podcast. We were a long time ago because I saw LSU play live with Joe Burrow. I I bring up that time that I got to experience a lot in conversation because it is one of my greatest memories. I really, you know, we all have those memories. Like, Frank, I'm sure you have something in your life. Like, I know Joey has that game with the Bruins in Pittsburgh. I unfortunately wasn't with them. I know there are a couple things you've done, Frank, in life that you view at as fondly and you like to talk about. For me, one of those moments is when I got to see Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers play the Georgia Bulldogs at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. And I knew, right, like sometimes you just watch guys and you're like, that guy's different. And Joe Burrow is one of those guys. He did what he needed to do against a pretty good Tennessee Titans team. And they're in the AFC championship game. They have now won two playoff games after not winning one in 31 years. Cell phones, the internet, you know, computers, all these things that have come into fruition since the Bengals last won a playoff game. Now they have two, and it looks like they're going to be a very good team for a long time. So I'm excited about the Bengals. It's it's kind of weird. And I don't, you know, how many times on this show, you know, were you guys rambling about college football? And I'm just sitting here like this, doing my thing, you know, not, not caring at all. Um, with that being said, there is a college football moment that sticks out to me. And that is, it seems like just yesterday we're watching Joe Burrow play against Trevor Lawrence. And now I can look at Joe Burrow and say, 
me and Skyler in the chat were watching at Rookies together. There you go. Shout out Skyler. Uh, it seems like just yesterday, because I believe I was watching that game. Uh, Joey watching college football. What's going on? It seems like just yesterday I'm watching Joe Burrow play for LSU. Go Tigers. And, uh, go Tigers. And, and now it's like the first moment in my life watching an NFL, you know, superstar emerge that I saw play, you know, for school. And, you know, yeah, a lot of people have seen that many times. But me, I haven't. I don't watch college football. For some reason, it's just weird to me. Joe Burrow is a legit elite superstar quarterback. He proved me wrong. He's been proving me wrong all playoffs. Uh, but that doesn't take away the fact that, you know, I've been a Joe Burrow guy all season. I had Jamar Chase in fantasy. I've been rooting for the Bengals. I I, I was so sad last year when he got hurt. Even you had him on your team. Um, but to see a rookie quarterback who I know is going to be a stud in the league go down like that, it just sucks. And to see him come back and now be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, I'm rooting for him. I'm, I agree with Paulie here. Bengals all the way. I hope they win the Super Bowl. It's a tough task at hand, especially in the against the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City this Sunday. But I'm all in on the Cincinnati Bengals. I do think that game is going to be a lot closer than people. Before oh, we talk I, about I, that game, though, Frank, talk about talk about Joe Burrow and the Bengals before we talk about that game. Um, yeah, I mean, he's impressed me. Uh, I had the Bengals beating the Titans last week, so I really wasn't all that surprised on it. Um, it's kind of unique that three of the four games came down to last minute winning field goals. Um, and, Joe one, the other one, and the other one was overtime. <laughs> yeah, and the other one was overtime. Um, it, it just, he's impressed me a lot because there's a lot of college quarterbacks that come out of college to the NFL and they kind of have a rough start, whether it's a first year, second year, third year. And for, you know, a lot of their career too, some of the best college players that were really good in college come to the NFL and they don't have the career that people once thought they would have. That's just because it's a completely different game. But Joe Burrow has shown and overcome that like college curse um, sort sort of stuff that you may say. He's just been really fun to watch. He They find ways to win. They find ways to win close games. Um, and I'm, me and Joe are big Bengals guys this week. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Shout you out, what, Frank. Casey you, know what, you know what doesn't get talked about enough is that the shitty-ass Chicago Bears went into the jungle and beat the living shit out of the Cincinnati Bengals in week three. Mm-hmm. Frank, I believe we watched it together at our I cousin think we Anthony's, by Anthony's house. Yep, yep. We were by Anthony's house. And the Bengals almost came back and won, but for, for most of the game, the Bears just dummied the Bengals. Joe Burrow threw three picks after not having three the entire year. Started it was like for the Bears. Uh, I believe it was Justin Fields' first career start. Oh. Andy Dalton blows. You guys are just clowns. Andy Dalton is the best quarterback to play for the Chicago Bears. He, yeah, he might be the best quarterback to ever before Joe Burrow to play for the Bengals. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. That is true. The Red Rifle. No, that's not true. There's no the way Red Rifle. <laughs> My guy Chris Collinsworth, best quarterback in Bengals history. He got the he was a quarterback. I didn't even know he was. A I, yeah, I didn't oh, know he was. A he's, he's like a legend in Cincinnati. It goes Skyline Chili. Chris Collinsworth. Red Rifle. No, yeah. Skyline Chili. It goes Skyline Chili, Chris Collinsworth, Joe Burrow in the city of Cincinnati. What'd you say, Frank? What's what's who's Skyline Chili? Who is Skyline? How about what is Skyline Chili? It's a type oh, of chili. I, it's I like thought a, it was a I thought it was a player, like a nickname for a player. No, like, you know, oh, good old Skyline Chili. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we'll start referring to Joe. Skyline Burrow. Chili can go all the way. No, Skyline Chili's disgusting. 
it's is that it yeah it's like it's pretty good it looks good it also looks kind of gross like i don't don't love beans but like they they put it over pasta with cheese like oh yeah yeah it's like there it's like a it gets all that cheese it it gets mixed reviews it gets mixed reviews I don't if know you if type I'd be in, able, that's like a loaf of cheese. If on my, you type on my in chili. Skyline Chili on Twitter, it's people arguing about it. It's like I agree it's with like Frank a common Parisi, debate. I would smash. <laughs> I would try it. I'd fuck with it. It is a it's lot a, of cheese. It's about a half pound of cheese. But... It's a Cincinnati thing. Like you know how Chicago's the deep dish. New York is the the flat or the the triangle slice. Like I love chili, so ba- I don't bagels know why I wouldn't like that. Bagels in New Jersey, like. Skyline Chili and Cincinnati. Is Skyline Chili a brand too? Yeah. Huh. Well, we tried we salmon sandwiches. We tried salmon sandwiches on the pod. We need to. Uh... I don't want to eat it here. I want to eat it there. I want to go to Cincinnati and catch either a Reds game or a Bengals game. And it's like eating a Philly cheesesteak in Philly. Like, yeah, you can make one here. It's fine. But I don't know. And then I know you guys are just complete clowns when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. You're gonna, you're That's gonna be, weird. you're gonna be. Oh, see that I didn't know. That's weird. That I did not know. That's a game changer. For those listening, those are listening to the podcast version of the show. We just had a comment come up that says it's made with cinnamon. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know that, about that. I'm gonna do some skyline a, chili research. I would still I wanna, try it. Oh, of course, I would try it too. Even though I think it kind of looks gross, and I like almost everything. I'm not the pickiest eater of all time at all. But you guys and your hatred for the Kansas City Chiefs is honestly really, really funny to me. Patrick Mahomes is on pace to be a better quarterback than Tom Brady, and that's me saying that. Who I, I love. Tom Brady's my second favorite team sport athlete who ever lived, only behind Zach Parisi. Like Tom Brady's my guy. I legitimately cried real tears of water when the Buccaneers lost on Sunday. I was very upset, and I think he's going to retire. I really do. But Patrick Mahomes is on trajectory to be as good, if not better, than Tom Brady. He'll certainly have more passing yards. He'll probably throw for more touchdowns. It's whether or not he could win seven Super Bowls is the question, and he's about to win his third or his second Super Bowl in three years and go to his third straight Super Bowl. This is also, they're setting an NFL record for four straight championship Sundays. Huge win for the Kansas city chiefs over a very good Buffalo Bills team. I do think Josh Allen will win a Super Bowl in his life as well. Fair enough. Joseph. I like Josh Allen. So do I. Yeah. I don't think Tom Brady's going to retire. I agree with Skyler. He said he, his bet is on one more year. Um, I hope you guys are right. I really do. I, I don't. I don't think he's retiring. At least he's not ending on that. Um, but did you preview the game yet or no? I was looking. At I just else. made fun of you guys for being Chiefs haters. Oh, I'm. I'm not a Chiefs. Yeah, I hate the Chiefs. Um, I don't get why. I, like, why did love... Why did everyone else hate the Patriots? Why was that okay? It wasn't. Those people were weird. Everyone just randomly hated the Patriots for the past fifteen years. I don't all. get. I don't get why in America it's, it's the we, same we, thing. I don't know why. Why I do feel we? The way I why feel. do? Why do we hate winners in America? That's the I, thing. I don't, everybody I hates the best. Everybody hates the best. No, you win a couple in a row. You look for the that, It's fine to want the That's underdog. That's why I want Josh Allen to win. But some of the, the pure guy. hatred for the Patriots and now the Chiefs. It's like, why can't some people just enjoy true greatness? That's what the Chiefs are. And if the Bills would have won, they would be like that team this year. Like the Bills are that good. 
And like to me, that was the AFC Championship game. I kind of thought either team that won that game was going to beat the Bengals. Maybe the Bengals will prove me wrong because I think the Bengals are awesome. And Joe Burrow is right there with Matthew Stafford for the second best quarterback left. I think it's a, a good debate. But like, I don't know. People want entertainment. People want to say like they don't want to watch a game and be like, well, I'm going to watch this game. I know the Chiefs are going to win, but I'm just going to watch it anyway. Yes. But, then when the, but then when the Bills got a lead and like everybody's like, oh, here it comes, the Bills are going to do it. That's why people root for that type of stuff. People want upset. And yeah. that's why the, I was rooting the, for the Chiefs. The Chief. unknown is the greatest art. Right, and that's why I was rooting for the Bills. I'm like, all right, here, Patrick Mahomes' fourth championship Sunday in a row. Like nobody just wants to keep seeing that. Yeah, I understand. I think that – it and Frank be... makes a great point. Yeah. I didn't want Alabama to win. Or did, did we? Your wallet wanted Alabama to <laughs> no, win. No, no, I wanted Cincinnati to win, ultimately. Yeah. but um, I think it would be great for Joe Burrow as a player to go into Kansas City and take down Patrick Mahomes. Vin, I, I get – yeah, we both have always rooted for greatness, and I get – Patrick Mahomes is great. He is on pace to be one of the most talented quarterbacks in NFL history. One of the he most might, successful quarterbacks in NFL history. He might be higher on a list all time and right now than Aaron Rodgers already. For whatever reason, without me thinking about it, without me, it's just natural. I don't want to see it. I don't know why. <laughs> The Chiefs just aren't that team for me. It was cool with the Patriots. It's cool with Tom Brady. I, I like it. I don't I don't choose the way I feel. I just feel what I feel. And I don't want the Chiefs to be good. I don't like the Chiefs. I think Patrick Mahomes gets I think people are jumping to conclusions a little too much. Already saying he's the best. Um I don't know. I think Joe Burrow easily can go in and beat them. Because I also I've I've not been crazy impressed with the Chiefs. You think people are overreacting on him being the best at what? At quarterback. He's not the best quarterback in the NFL in your estimation? He he is as of the past two years. I don't think there's a, a huge gap. Four years. I don't think there's a huge gap. Who said there was? I, a lot of people think pal, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, he's the best quarterback in the he world. Is. Right now. He is. I, I think, yeah, I think it's up for debate. People overhype him a bit too much. I, I think they overhype the, Patrick The dude Mahomes. went first overall in our draft. Well, that's dumb. that. That was our fantasy. That, yeah, that's stupid. our fantasy. Yeah, yeah I, I understand that. But you don't draft just, quarterbacks but, first. But, but that just proves our point that of how high people, uh, how high people are on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Because I, simply because even that, he's not God. That was a dumb pick. Right. That was a very I, dumb I, pick. I, oh, I agree with you hundred percent. You should but take a just, quarterback for the first time in like the fifth round. But that just proves football. our point of why people like overhype him. Like, oh, I'm going to take him first. He's he's God. No, he's not. He's I don't know. He's, uh, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. He's got the most ability. So here's what I told Joey about Patrick Mahomes yesterday. Patrick Mahomes, okay, so Tom Brady was so great. He's the GOAT because of his brain, right? He knows how to – he basically could call his own plays, and he can do things that other people can't do in order to get his team to win, kind of like Jimmy G. He's a better version of Jimmy G, like a way better version of Jimmy G. Okay. Combine that with the pure physical ability of Aaron Rodgers, and then you have Patrick Mahomes. That's why I think he's so great because 
he's in. Uh, it's no coincidence that he's in the AFC title game for the third year in a row. He might go to his third straight Super Bowl, and it would have been a fourth straight Super Bowl had there not been a defensive offsides play on the Kansas City Chiefs player in the AFC Championship game four years ago. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's a tough game. I love Joe Burrow. I'm a Joe Burrow guy, but we'll make our picks in a minute. I don't know. If, I don't know. It's tough. All right, is that minute now? Or are we making our picks now? I mean, do you have anything to bounce back off of the Kansas City Chiefs conversation? Yeah, I'm, they're a great team. Uh, I think that they are a great team that can be beaten. Well, I think they could certainly be beaten. I, I don't think I'm going to pick them to get beat, but we'll see. In the AFC game, you have those Cincinnati Bengals versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Frank, I will start with you. Uh, yeah, this is kind of like it brings me back to wild card weekend when the or not was it wild card weekend? Yeah, the whole weekend where the um, Steelers played the Chiefs. I was rooting for the Steelers. <laughs> I was rooting for the Steelers. I didn't. I mean, the the chances of the Steelers winning that game were slim to none. I chose the Chiefs, even though my heart wanted the Steelers to win, and that's kind of what I'm doing here. I'm choosing the Chiefs to beat the Bengals, but I want the Bengals to destroy them. I hope the Bengals blow them out 55 to nothing. I hope it's not even close. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose Cincinnati. Or I'm gonna choose the Chiefs. Joe. I'm sticking with my gut. I'm sticking with my what I want to happen. It's worked out oh so well for me leading up to this point. No, it hasn't. Uh, the tides are going to switch for me. So, uh, <laughs> Joe Burrow, I know, I know Joe. I've I've picked against you as of late. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Joe. I know you're watching. You I picked him time. twice, both times. You got some, some downtime, Joe. He tunes in. He's a friend of the program, Joe Burrow. I picked him twice. Um, I'm riding you, man. Don't fuck me. <laughs> Do not fuck me, Joe Burrow. The uh, the Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengals will go into Kansas City and upset the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, and that leaves me. Of course, I am taking the Kansas City Chiefs. They're in the middle of a dynasty. They're going to be a dynasty for the next ten years. And I think Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback who ever lived. He's not the goat yet. That might never happen because winning seven Super Bowls and appearing in three others and doing all the things that Tom Brady has done in his career. Patrick Mahomes will be lucky to catch like Peyton Manning or Joe Montana on the all-time great list, but it's possible. But as of in order to get there, he would have to win this weekend and potentially win the Super Bowl. I have the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Cincinnati Bengals. I like the over. I like the over. Yeah, but so do I. but the reason the reason I think that the Chiefs are going to win outside of the fact that I think Patrick Mahomes is a slightly better quarterback than Joe Burrow. The offensive line of the Cincinnati Bengals sucks. It is so bad. Like, I'm pretty sure he became the first quarterback in NFL history to win a playoff game in which he was sacked nine times. Joe Burrow gets hit a lot. And Kansas City's pass rush is pretty good. They're going to create some pressure on Joe Burrow, and they're going to go to school on that. And I think Patrick Mahomes will take advantage of – the inabilities of the offensive line that is created by the Cincinnati Bengals. On to the NFC, or as I like to call it, the Frankie Mueller Bowl. The Battle of the Frogs. 
the 10 win 49ers won two playoff games. Their quarterback had a tough game, but he prevailed in the end. He got them into field goal range and did what he needed to do to get them to the AFC title game. And then in his first year away from that pit hole that they call Detroit, well, I actually kind of like Detroit, the pit hole that they call the Detroit Lions organization, he got that stink off of him real quick. And now he's in the NFC title game in his first year away. These two teams will match up. So, Joseph, I ask you, who do you have between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers? This is the Rams year. Uh, The Rams are going to host the Super Bowl uh, for the second year in a row. The home team will host the Super Bowl. And we'll talk, obviously, later about who we think will win it. But I do believe the Rams will be there after they pummel Jimmy G and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, You look at their route. It's just been, I call it the fuck you Joey route, as they totally dismantled Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Then for the better part of three quarters, you know, silenced Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay, eventually winning by a field goal. Uh, And now they're back at home going up against the fraudulent 49ers. So I believe this is... uh, an easy game for the Rams. I can't believe that this game has a closer spread than the AFC game. I yeah, think that, that is, is absolutely. I insane. think that is wild. I'm you seeing that crazy. K- Kansas City minus seven is That's so like sketchy. Stupid. That is so sketchy. Literally, all four games last week were a field goal or an overtime touchdown. Mine, you're going to bet Kansas City minus seven against the Cincinnati Bengals, who can keep football games competitive? Absolutely not. Who's better? The forty or the Bengals or the Bills? I think the Bills. The, the are Bills. Better than the Bills. Are I better. do too. Which I'll answer Frank's would question the, here. Would the, the, would the Chiefs have covered with that overtime touchdown? No. Did they not kick the extra point? There's no, they no don't kick point the extra in, point. In, okay. Okay. Um, and if the Bill, I agree with Frank because uh, I know where he's going with this. If the Bills D showed up, it's Buffalo versus Cincinnati. Yeah. Neither team's defense showed up in the last five minutes. There were 25 points scored in the last two minutes of regulation alone. Neither team's defense showed up at the end of the game. That's hilarious. If Someone seen, called this. Yeah. If you've seen the commercial, that's really funny. For those Someone, listening to the podcast version, Joe, go ahead. Someone called Discover. The NFL needs frog protection. <laughs> All right, Frank, spew your shit about the Frankie Mueller Bowl. This is your game, man. Own it. This is your game. The two teams yeah. you the two teams you talked the most shit about going into the postseason matched up in the NFC title game. This is your game, my man. Embrace it. These should be your this two is, favorite teams going forward. This is like doomsday for me. Yeah. <laughs> this is like Armageddon. This is terrible. Like, I hope it ends in a tie and the power goes out and they have to postpone the game. <laughs> Like, this is just terrible. But I have to choose the Rams because Jimmy G just sucks. Like, he, there's no way they win this game. I, I mean, what else can I say? The Rams are just going to demolish them. It's not even going to be close. I, I like, I don't even, I like the I don't adjusted even know. spread, five and a half, I, minus I don't even, like, I can't even elaborate it on it more because I'm just not going to sit here and just talk shit the whole time. I have nothing else to say other than the Rams are going to shit on the 49ers. Take right. that minus seven from the KC game and put it on the Rams minus seven. 
I honestly would. Like, not even like that's. I would be shocked. I went back and looked. I am three and zero this postseason in games where I pick one way and you two pick the other, and we're going for four and zero. The San Francisco 49ers are going to go into SoFi Stadium, turn it into home field advantage for themselves because there are going to be more 49er fans in attendance than Rams fans, and they are going to beat for the third consecutive upset the Los Angeles Rams and go to the Super Bowl and create a rematch of two years ago Super Bowl between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. I can't back that. I cannot back that. I will believe it when I see it. I will say, if I got to choose who was going to win, I would, like Commissioner Goodell says to me, Vinny, I'm going to rig it to whatever you want. You pick. I'll make the officials call the game in a way that only your two picks can win. I would probably pick Bengals and Rams because I'm a Joe Burrow guy. I love Joe Burrow. He's outstanding. And I've been on the Rams all year long because I believe Matthew Stafford has been disrespected for better than 10 years. I used to listen to this podcast that like created an NFC North all-star division, and they chose Jay Cutler as Aaron Rodgers' backup over Matthew Stafford. My jaw dropped. I was like, who? You think Jay Cutler's better than Matt? Get the f- – ew. No shot. So that's where I'm at on that. But I'm very much looking forward. And you think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go in there and beat Matthew Stafford? Yes. So you think Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford? I don't think. I don't think anybody. Who's better, Garoppolo or Cutler? (sighs) (laughs) Garoppolo. I would. I would rather have Garoppolo. Jay Cutler was more talented. Who's better, Vin, Garoppolo or Andy Dalton? Talent or winning? Who's the better quarterback? Well, I, I like, like winning. I like, like no, winning. an overall quarterback. I would take Garoppolo. Andy Dalton has never won a playoff game. Garoppolo's won like five against good teams. I'm pretty sure the only playoff game Garoppolo's ever lost, correct me if I'm wrong, stat people, I'm pretty sure the only game Garoppolo has ever lost in the postseason is the Super Bowl two years ago against the Kansas City Chiefs. That is the only postseason game that Jimmy G has ever lost. He got hurt all of last year, and the 49ers went... (whistles) I like Jimmy G this weekend. Jay Cutler and Andy Dalton probably have more arm talent than Jimmy G, but Andy Dalton stinks. So, guys, regardless of our disagreements on the football side of things, can the three of us agree that we are very excited? Frank, I know I'll be watching the games with you. Are you very excited for Sunday regardless of what happens? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I want to snort these three games that are left. Uh, I listen to a podcast that what many the fuck people. Did you just say? <laughs> I want to snort these three games that are left. Uh, we listen to a podcast. A lot of people in the chat probably at least listen to it from time to time. Pardon my take. It's one of the best football podcasts on the internet. I'm um, part of my take. One of the hosts, Big Cat Dan Katz, he talks about how the NFL season is like a big sandwich, and the sandwich continues to taste better as you eat it. But when the end, you get to like the last bit of sandwich and you're a little sad that you only have a little bit of sandwich left 
but it's the best part of the sandwich. It has all the meat. It has all the cheese. It has all the great sauces that you like on the sandwich. It's a little bite, but it's the best bite. And that's the rest of the NFL season that we have with these three games left. I cannot wait. I am like amped for championship Sunday and the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, it should be a fun time. So that's our football discussion here in period number three and our reaction to what went on with the National Baseball Hall of Fame. I do encourage people to tune into the Barroom Network tomorrow at 2 o'clock and listen to me feed you some hard truths about the disgusting display that went on with the Baseball Writers Association of America yesterday. Just a complete clown show. You're not ready for it. Joe, I'll lead off with you on this. What non-hockey-related thing are you most looking forward to watching between now and our next show? Um, I, as much as I'd like to say one of those two football games, there's something else that's been on my mind. Vin, we had an extensive phone call conversation about it this morning. And that is... You talk about stealing your thunder with Latang earlier in the show. You're about to do that to me. You're well... I'm I'm cool with it. Go for it. Chapter 5, The Book of Boba Fett, is in my brain on pace to be one of the best episodes, and I know there's not a huge sample size, episodes of a Star Wars show to date. There's a decent sample size. Clone Wars, Rebels, Mando, and Boba. There's like a couple hundred bad bad. There's a couple hundred episodes of content to choose from here, and I think you're onto something. Two seasons of Mandalorian, especially the way that that final season, that final episode. Yeah. Uh, Frank, are you caught up on Mando? Yeah. He's he's watched all that. Oh, okay. Good. Um, Good. Good. You know, hop into Boba, Frank. Chapter five. I, I have a feeling big the things are coming. Scene, the final scene of Chapter 4 makes yes. you believe that Chapter 5 is going to be something just It keeps getting awesome. better and better every week. Boba Fett, tune in. It just came out today. I'll probably be, you know, eyeballs deep watching it. In a Joey bite. wants to snort Episode 5. Uh, yeah, that's going to be <laughs> the new saying. I want to snort Episode Chapter 5 is what we call it. Yeah, Chapter Wars, 5. Sorry, sorry. I can't um, disrespect the Star so that's, Wars. So that's got to be my number one thing I'm excited to watch. I, fuck the football games. If I could choose between watching any all of those right. two. <laughs> You're allowed football to has, watch them all. You're allowed to watch them all. There's no Football has not gone my way this postseason And it's going to continue all. now, you know, which is great. You know what has gone that's my way? That's what I can't wait for. When your ass goes 0-2 this weekend. At you least me and Frankie gone, can agree yeah. on one thing. Star Wars goes my way. Football doesn't go Joey's way. Book of Boba, I'm pumped. And really quick, Joe, I forgot to ask you this in period two. What hockey-related thing are you looking forward to watching the most between now and our next show? The Bruins tonight against the Avalanche. Um. Yeah, that's it. Bruins asked. <laughs> I mean, right. there's not there's not any big uh, there's no big hockey. No, like... but next week's show we have a very fun event to discuss. Yeah, won't that be in between All Star Weekend? It'll be two days before All Star Weekend. Yeah, so like our All Star Weekend will be in. That'll be my answer next week. But yeah, right now, of course. Spoiler. Tonight, TNT. Uh, I like when the Bruins play on TNT. You get Biz. Yep, you Biz. Get, uh, Anson Liam McHugh. Carter, Anson Carter. 
Uh, is that maybe, a late game? It's a late game, right? It's the nine o'clock game. Yeah, yeah. going to see the Bruins. The Hawks the... are on TNT. Yeah, yeah so it's Hawks. It's gonna yeah. be uh, it's gonna Let's be go a Hawks. fun TNT night, Frank. We got our teams. I know uh, Hawks in Detroit, and then the Bruins over in Colorado. So honestly, like I'm just gonna sit there and from about six o'clock to when will that game end? Around eleven forty-five, I'll be sitting there watching NHL on TNT. So obviously, that's gonna be my hockey answer. Yep, can't wait to watch both of those games tonight, Frank. Your uh, favorite, or the thing non-hockey-wise you're most excited for, and your hockey-wise. Well, the hockey one I'm looking forward to is the original six clash tonight, Hawks-Detroit. I've always looked forward to this matchup. Back when the Hawks were uh, had the dynasty and when Detroit was playing pretty well back in 2013, and they met in the playoffs, I mean, they're just some of the most fun games to watch. I'm really looking excited. Oh, my God. I'm really looking forward to that. He's so uh, excited. He can't, he can't speak. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that game. It's always fun to watch and uh, never disappoints usually. Um, the thing I'm most looking forward to watch that's non-hockey related um, would have to be probably Championship Sunday. I can't think of a bigger non-hockey event of that caliber that's happening. Um, I always love the playoffs. They're always fun to watch. We're going to have a great time. We're going to watch it together. So that's going to be a great uh, that's going to be great to watch. So yeah, I can't wait for that. I'm shocked neither of you even gave a special shout out to the Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar, looking forward to seeing what goes but on. Gonna, there. But that's the only thing. Like, I don't know for sure. Will, if I'm gonna will, watch I, it will my eyes be snorting it? That's the thing. I don't yeah, know. I don't know about that, but I will exactly. certainly be interested in seeing the results of it. Oh, no absolutely. doubt about it. I want to um, one. The favorite thing, non hockey wise, of course, is Championship Sunday with the Cincinnati Bengals playing the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers playing the Los Angeles Rams, the battle of the two best California teams in the sport right now. But I also have to give a special shout-out to the Book of Boba Fett. I have a feeling that based on a little bit of music that was playing in the most recent episode of the Book of Boba Fett, that an old friend is going to return in this upcoming episode. I don't know for sure if that's the case, but we'll see if it's the case. I'm going to go find out in a couple minutes. But then, of course, the hockey-related thing. I'm torn between two. And I wonder if Joey even knows that the second one is even happening here. The New Jersey Devils and the Toronto Maple Leafs, two teams I cheer for quite loudly on Twitter.com and on this show, they play a home-and-home home on Sunday and Monday, looking forward to watching the Devils and Leafs match up. It's a good way for the Leafs to get back on track, of course, because the Devils just absolutely blow. But I'm also very excited to see... Oh, it's Monday, Tuesday. Monday, Tuesday, sorry. I'm also very excited to see the Seattle Kraken make their first ever visit to the TD Garden against the Boston Bruins on Monday. That should be a lot of fun to watch. I can't wait to see the Kraken play the Bruins. You know, it's going to be good times. So that's what I got for that. Is there anything else that we haven't discussed yet that either of you guys want to talk about? It's been a really good show. For, uh, Frank, I don't know if you knew this, Vinny kind of just mentioned it, but at the Royal Rumble, I believe the main event is Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Bobby so that's Lashley. Why, that's that why we were, were That's why we were talking about Bobby Lashley. So yeah, Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley was a guest on the Pat McAfee show. I was watching it while writing our little would you rather notes earlier that's this morning and I was watching that and Joey comes home from the gym and I'm like who is this guy? He's in the WWE. Joey looks at him. 
uh, I don't the know. Biggest brain there, fart. He sits there and has a brain fart for like 25 minutes. Can't think of this guy's name. And he like doesn't want me to look it up. He goes, all right, give me his first letter. So I go to Pat McAfee's Twitter.com profile and I click his name and, you know, I figure out that it starts with a B. I say it. He thinks about it for a couple seconds and then boom, you saw the light bulb come on and he nailed his name. Yo, how did so, you forget that? It was like it was the biggest brain fart. Cause you know how like when you're trying to think of something and you keep like you keep thinking of the wrong answer, but it's the only thing you could keep repeating in yeah, your brain. Yeah. That's what kept happening. So what did you like, think it was? I kept saying Titus O'Neil in my head and <laughs> Apollo Cruz, and I knew it wasn't them because I could yeah. picture those guys. Yeah. But and then the second he said B, I'm like and then I heard that little guy's voice. What was that little guy's name? The who is like associate? Yeah, he was. He's the little guy. He, yeah, Bobby the guy who's like this. Yeah, that's yeah. A, now what I'm having his, a brain fart. Yeah, what was his name? And then I like heard his voice say, "And Bobby Lashley." <laughs> I've never seen two people fall out of love more than Joey and Frankie and wrestling. That's what was that's, that honestly, name? that's honestly crazy to me. You guys can think of it. While the other one's talking, and everyone's favorite episode or favorite segment of the show, breaking bets. I thought of it. What is it? I thought of the name. The math made Frankie think of it. The (laughs) math made Frankie think of it. Leo Rush. Leo Rush. Leo Rush. Rush. Everybody is... shout out to Leo Rush. Bobby Lashley. Like it came to me. That's, That's impressive because I would have never got there. Walter. What are your bets for the week? So I actually got, um, you know, it's, it's, actually a, it's a pretty filled Wednesday night. Usually I like to, you know, hockey's been tough the past couple Wednesdays, but tonight there's one game that screams value and it seems to be a common thing frank you and i hopefully betting against this team they're finally back at home jesus <laughs> whatever you're gonna save and shut your mouth because it, it didn't work for you against the yotes yeah one time i got wrong you would have thought i'm wrong as much as you guys the night that that the, happened the anaheim ducks are so good they are right up there with the vegas golden knights for the best team in the pacific division went on a little any- cold run there though they were so hurt with COVID. Troy Terry, yep. Cam Fowler, Sonny Milano got hurt. John they were Gibson probably like, why a- do all the Eastern Conference teams get canceled and we have to play with some of these shitbags? John Gibson was out with COVID. He came back a couple games ago, and then he played against the Bruins. Looked like he didn't miss a beat. Cam Fowler and Troy Terry both returned against the, against the Boston Bruins. Troy Terry scored. Ryan Getzlaff was scoring like it's 2014. Now they go into Toronto to play the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they are plus 220 money line. Why are the Anaheim Ducks that much of an underdog? I don't even care if the Toronto Maple Leafs win. I would feel like an idiot not to take advantage of plus 220 for the Anaheim Ducks money line. So that right there is the first first one. Again, the next one. Frank, you mentioned this game, the Chicago Blackhawks against the Detroit Red Wings. I like the Chicago Blackhawks actually. Money line. I'm feeling a little feeling a little good on the road today. A couple road teams that I think are gonna make some splash. The Blackhawks going into Detroit minus 105. I think they could win this game. That's great value there for me. Okay. <laughs> Hear me out. 
already six, know what you're gonna say. Sixteen straight road games or sixteen straight home games, the Colorado Avalanche have won. All right. And just so you know, the Boston Bruins only play the Colorado Avalanche at Colorado once a year. Once a year. Hasn't been so, in it since before COVID. Uh before COVID. Try before the twentieth, twenty first century. What do you mean? There's no way they've played them 16 times since the year 2000. Oh, yeah. No, I'm t- but I'm saying, like, they haven't even been – they haven't even played the Avalanche before COVID, let alone in Colorado. Oh, yeah. The Bruins and Avs have not – I don't. I can't even remember – have I ever even seen Kale McCarr play against the Bruins? Maybe once? Yeah, maybe once. Anyway, that's crazy to think about because I've watched a lot of fucking Kale McCarr and the Colorado Avalanche, and to see them play against my team, it's going to be fun for me because – it's one of those situations where I love the Colorado Avalanche, except when they're playing my team. I never see them play my team, so I, I really like the Colorado Avalanche. It's going to change tonight, I'm sure, for a good three hours. I'm going to hate them. But I'm not saying the Bruins are going to go into Colorado and beat the Colorado Avalanche. They're plus 150. I would like to say that. All marks in net, which could be good, could be bad. The Bruins are coming off of a loss against Anaheim, a bad loss at that. Team really didn't show up. Usually they bounce back great. With that being said, I'd like to play it safe. Not very often I can take the Bruins plus the goal and a half at some decent value, and that's what I like. I don't see the Bruins losing by, you know, two goals. I could see them losing in overtime or a shootout or a close one-goal game, you know, pressuring with the empty net if they lose the game or winning outright. I could see that. So Bruins plus one and a half at minus 150. Love that. So those are my three hockey picks for tonight. Sweet. Joe, you took uh, two of my hockey picks. Uh, I love the Hawks' money line. This is a great way to rebound. This is a letdown spot for Detroit. Everybody thinks, like, oh, the Hawks have lost four in a row. They're going to lose again. No, I don't I don't believe in that. I think this is a great opportunity to take the do- take the Hawks as dogs at plus 105. But, Joe, I, I you're not giving the Bruins credit. I, th- I have Bruins' money line. I would take the Bruins' money line. I love it. Love Colorado it. is going to lose at home eventually. They're not going to go on forever. Tonight – Honestly, starting tonight, and even last game, I was so tempted with the Hawks. Starting like now, anytime the Colorado Avalanche are at home, I would I would go against them because they're going to be big favorites at home no matter what. I mean, look at it, against the Bruins, who have a great team. They're big favorites. And the Bruins are a great road team. Yeah, and, and, and they're going to be big favorites against anyone at home right now just because of their streak. So there's great value to always go against them while they're at home on this streak. Um, so I... Joe, you touched on those. I, I love those. Um, another one that's interesting, I, I kind of like the game over. The Bruins-Colorado game over, six goals. Uh, even if it ends up being a push, it's not bad at minus 123. But my two, two, I love these picks, basketball locks. I love the Pacers at home against the Hornets. The Pacers are plus 11. The Pacers stink, but the Hornets just, they came off a rough win last night. I don't think they're going to be up for this game. I think they're kind of looking ahead in the schedule because of how bad the Pacers are. Plus, the Hornets are on a back-to-back. I love the Pacers at home at plus 111. Take the money line. Also, for the Chicago Bulls, they probably have the worst injury luck of any team in any sport, potentially. Six six to eight weeks is their best player. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Derek Jones Jr., right? Derek Jones? Yep. Derek Jones Jr. out six to eight weeks. Alex Caruso out six to eight weeks. Lonzo Ball out six to eight weeks. However, the Raptors played last night. They overplayed. 
they should not have won the game that they won last night. They're going to come out tired. The Bulls are home, and Io's been amazing for the Bulls lately. Um, he's setting rookie records left and right, not only for the franchise, but for the whole NBA. They got um, Zach Levine back, which is a, a huge step up. They're at home playing the Raptors on a back-to-back. Take a minus the four. The Raptors aren't that good. They're traveling from Canada here. They're tired. They played a tough game yesterday. So those are my picks. Very good picks, guys. I got nothing for you on the betting side. I'm retired from gambling forever until I bet $1,000 on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl and put 100 on heads for the coin toss. And then I'm taking the under on the Star Spangled Banner, whatever it is. Um, Just kidding. We'll talk about Super Bowl props when that time comes. But before we get out of here, I do want to talk about something that I believe is important to every single person on planet Earth. Um, It is has almost affected basically everybody ever. And of course I'm talking about today is bell. Let's talk day. And it's very big in the hockey community because bell is a Canadian company. Of course, the Montreal Canadians used to play at the, or they play at the bell center. Like I'm pretty sure the Vancouver Canucks have something to do with bell. And I just want to extend my truest, sincerest wishes of any person who watches this show that enjoys our show that may be going through a hard time in life with literally anything that's going on. If you have issues that you just need to talk to someone, I know for a fact you can reach out to Frankie and he'll be more than willing to say nice things to you and be there for you. Joey is absolutely more than willing to do that. I know for a fact I'm more than willing to do that. I have had people reach out to me and tell me, hey, your show is awesome. You know, it helps get me through the day. You know, shit's not easy right now. It's not an easy world to live in at all. The world kind of sucks right now. Everyone's divided. Everyone's sick. Shit's happening here. Shit's happening there. But we all we have is each other. That's it. So protect your melon. Do whatever you have to do to make sure you're okay in the head. Because that's all we're trying to do at the end of the day. So I leave you with that. Hashtag Bell Let's Talk. And you can follow at Joey Parisi on Twitter. At the King Bean on Twitter. At Vinny underscore Parisi on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. I am.